that way. This is the 1st of November, 1994. Today is my first day of writing the new Star Wars series. I got no sleep whatsoever. This is my life. This is the hole I live in, a cave I hibernate in. I have beautiful, pristine yellow tablets, ready to go. Nice fresh blocks of pencils. I'm all set. All I need is an idea. Jar Jar is a key to all this. The whole thing is, how are you going to top the pod race? I'll be exhausted by the time they end the, end the pod race. I'll be ready to go home. And then that with Anakin, you know, kind of duplicating the Luke Skywalker role, but you see the echo of where it all is going to go. And instead of destroying the Death Star, he destroys the ship that controls the robots. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme, every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. What happens in the end is they all join forces and everything, and the Goongas battle the droids in this huge kind of war and peace battle. Uh -huh. I mean, literally war and peace. Right. It's huge, you know, 10,000 troops on either side. Both sides coming at each other. Coming at each other. That's great. It's going to be great. That's going to be great. It's going to be great. That's going to be great. I take it you say action after we roll camera? I'll say action. You don't. Some, some, Sometimes some I forget. People forget. <laughs> if I forget to say action or cut, just step in and say action or cut. It's so dense. Every single image has so many things going on. The Phantom Menace opens at midnight. The place in the Star Wars line started lining up over a month ago. All right, get out your lightsabers. You just may have noticed that Star Wars, the latest episode, opens nationally at midnight tonight. The hype surrounding this movie has been overwhelming. Now the question is, will it deliver? They're about to open the doors here in just a few minutes, and people are revved up. Some 2.2 million Americans from New York to... Anyways, so I talk. I was talking to my friend who is a huge Star Wars fanboy, okay? And I said, I had to watch Phantom Menace the other day. For work. I, for as, pretty as much. part of my job. <laughs> I didn't mention why. I just said I had to. They didn't question it. It's fine. So I was like, okay, I have a question for you. All right. Did you like that movie? <laughs> and he just laughed. And I said, because I was confused. And I'm like, it's fine if you do. And he goes, okay, well, let me, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. This is what he says to me. He goes, I'll be honest. I really only liked it because it was Star Wars. And I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> he goes, even the new ones, it's only because of Star Wars. Because they're Star Wars fans. But that see that's why I had to ask this is, him. This is I where I get to, to ask him because I knew he was a Star I get to Wars rally super against fan fandom in this episode, Rachel. You can't. Oh, even I am a super <laughs> fan of a lot of things, and when they do something bad, I call them out for it. I mean, I and, understand it though. We would line up for Marvel movies. We would line up for premieres of movies. I love doing that. You don't need to now because you get to pick your seats online, and then there you go. But 
I understand the excitement for something when you don't know it's going to be horseshit. Yeah, anticipation is the best feeling. It's very exciting. That's why I don't like to binge watch anything. Because anticipation is always better than the reality. Well, I Most... wouldn't say that. You went real pessimistic on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, well, it, I, I'm going to say that the satisfaction of watching it over time is better than watching it all at once. Okay, that's fair. But I'm not um... going to go the pessimist route, so... <laughs> That's fine. You are a pessimist, though. You I'm totally not. are. Not. Yes, you no, are. I'm not. Yes, you are. I kept wanting to fix the movie. Like, I literally did. Watching the movie, I kept wanting to fix it. Explain, I, I, like, I, Jar Jar Binks. 12 year old. Okay, I get it. He is actually worse than the stupid snowman from Frozen. What's his name? I don't Olaf. even know. Olaf, I think. And I hated Olaf, okay? horrible character to me because it's just for children he's the guy he's the thing for the child to make them go i want an old love so but jar jar nobody wants jar jar those children nobody likes jar jar those people see the children seeing this movie would bully jar jar if it was a real person they wouldn't think he's funny they would bully it okay that's the problem i don't understand why why you why you think that way because this Jar Jar represents the innocence of a child. He is—he has a childlike mind, and and he's he's the funniest character we've ever had in Star Wars. Oh, you don't have anything to say about that, do you? Because C C three PO is probably the funniest character that's in Star Wars. C three PO sucks as a character too, <laughs> but he's better than Jar Jar. Okay, here here's my other here's here's my other. Story. I don't know where we're gonna start. I don't this know. Episode. We haven't started. Wait, are we? Starting? Let me hang on, hang on. Should do you want me to start? Do you want me to introduce us? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna say this because there is no good way to start this. Oh my god. My, I'm Kevin. I'm Rachel. And this is Shelf Life, a podcast where a brother and sister team go through all things pop culture, and we determine whether or not. That belongs on your shelf, be it digital or physical. And for those of you who are coming to us at the at uh, this point, this is the end of the season. This is the end of season one of our brand new venture that is Shelf Life. And I'm guessing that you're just finding us because of the title of this episode. But let me, for the rest of you, make sure that we all understand that this is the main event! Of season one. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Oh, why did you have to ask me? Why couldn't there be somebody else here you could be asking that question to? We we watched and we are going to talk about Star Wars Episode One Phantom Menace. It's yep. the Phantom Menace, I think. The, it, the, the Phantom I'm sorry, it, the Phantom. The? What is it? Is there a the? Is there a the in this? It's cleaner without a the. Yeah, yeah, Phantom it's, Menace. Because I don't even know what the heck is. There, it's barely in the the Phantom Menace well, is ba- barely think, in the movie. What you have to understand is is that there's a lot of stuff that happens in the real world that's behind the scenes, and I was trying to convey that in a kids' film. So you just didn't understand that. Then you just understand that it's not like a macho head game type of movie. It's for children. Wait, this was for children. Yes. 
The, Can you explain is... what parts of this were actually for children? Well, I think that when Jar Jar steps in the poopy. Uh, Jar Jar. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then when, when Jar Jar fart gets farted on by I that guess. camel. Jar Jar again. And then, well, Anakin's a child. And I think yeah, that... Yeah, barely. The, the way he talks. Well, no. I think that the children can see in Anakin, they can see themselves. And I don't think that we've had that ability in Star Wars in a long time. Or ever. And that way, children can be like, oh, there's Anakin. I'm, I'm like Anakin. Or, or you're like one of those kids that help him build the pod racer. Yeah. You're that that little redheaded kid. That was little one of our producer's children. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's fine. Let me I have to make a couple of prefaces. And I interrupted you in the middle of a rant. So I don't know what you were going to say. Do I you don't remember, remember what you were going to say. I'll get I'm back sure to it. Don't up. worry. Again, if you're new to this podcast, please go back and watch a co- or uh, listen to uh, some other of our other episodes. I highly recommend The Twilight Zone. And I'm assuming that you clicked on this because you were trying to find something that talked about your favorite film. If George, if, if George, if this is you, I'm doing a bad question. Question: Is George Lucas related to Kermit the Frog? <laughs> kind of, yeah. All right, he might be. It made I sense. Mean, Frank Oz is there. They sound very uh, similar. <laughs> Why I say our favorite, because I was going to say, if you go back and you listen to our different podcasts, you'll kind of understand where, why we decided to make this podcast, what our premise is, why we're doing this, who we're doing this for, why this podcast is probably at least three hours long, and you're going, my God, who's doing that much to talk about The Phantom Menace? Well, there's a couple of things. And before we go into any of it, as one of our favorite podcasts would say, it's okay to like a movie. Oh, yeah. It's okay to love a movie. Absolutely. It's okay to hate a movie. Yep. Our opinion does not have to be your opinion. We are simply having fun with all of this stuff in pop culture, and we're trying to create a community and a dialogue where people can have fun talking about that stuff with each other in a very sane and rational way. Oh, absolutely. So before you send us an email or a tweet... Or anything else that talks about how Jar Jar Binks is either the greatest or worst character in the history of cinema, or how we just didn't get it, or we vindicated you, or whatever. Please stop. Please think about it. Honestly, or... honestly, go ahead. Tell me. That's fine. We can have in a, a, in a, a rational nice, way. In a rational way. If you're in a constructive, a jerk, if you're rational gonna... way. Right. If it's not constructive, if it's not rational. Because I think it's and funny. If, it, if, <laughs> if what we are going to say today really bothers you about Star Wars The Phantom Menace, instead of, of, of having a shit fit and poopy, you know, poopy like Jar Jar or whatever, or, you know, if instead you, if you think of you that. you stepped in the poopy here. Oh, you stepped in the big doo-doo this time. Instead of that. I want you to do something. And I and Rachel, I haven't really discussed this with you, but I think at the end of each season, I'm going to, or we're going to, uh-huh. highlight a related charity. So that if you really, if you really loved the show, if you really like loved yeah. our show, 
or if you really thought that we just suck at our our opinion sucks and you really want to stick it to us do it this way instead do something constructive with it and i want you to to send a donation to a charity that and i'm i've got a charity here for season one and because we're gonna have fun at george lucas's expense today this one's for you, George. This is a George Lucas charity. So again, if you love the show, if you don't love us, if you are mad at our opinion, please donate to the Starlight Children's Foundation or any of the other George Lucas charities. Hang on, let me let me pull these up. There there are all these Star Wars, you know, being a force for good. The Lowell Observatory, UNICEF. Don't go to the dark side. Don't become a menace. Donate to one of these lovely charities. Or the George Lucas Educational Foundation. Any of these places that George has himself very graciously given a lot of money to, please do that instead. Which I'll mention it again at the end of the episode. But I, I only say that because I know that we're hitting a touchy subject. And I know we're hitting a touchy subject because there's very passionate fans when it comes to Star Wars. Rachel and I are not passionate fans of Star Wars. That's correct. But so I think we have to explain it a little I'm bit. Not, I'm not I'm not get... like totally against Star Wars. I'm just not a passionate fan. Yeah, I have no problem with Star Wars at all. I like the movies. I might I might really enjoy the movies. We we'll we'll get to them. And I guess when we first decided to do this, I was the one that said, let's do Star Wars for the main event for season one. And you were like, well, why are we going to do that? Like, you thought I meant Star Wars, A New Hope, yes, 1977. And I was like, no, 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 we, gotta, we have to do The Phantom Menace first. Right. Yeah. Uh, which you were not very happy with. <laughs> so... <sighs> <laughs> I will explain why I want to do... First of all, if you haven't noticed, everything that we're going to do, we're going to do in order. And Star Wars The Phantom Menace, of course, came out 22 years after Star Wars. But we're doing it first because it's the first in the story series. The reason that we're doing this is because it, it is the start of the Skywalker saga or whatever the hell Disney wants to call it. Disney it has this in canon. This is the first in the canon, according to Disney. And who am I to judge? And there is another reason that I think that we're doing this. And there's two twofold, two things I've been taught. And if AEW and NXT have taught me anything, it's that your first big show, you don't have this giant, massive blow-off for your main event. You do something that'll get the crowd into it. You probably had one of your bigger shows earlier. But you're doing something that people really want to enjoy, people know, people have an opinion on. And the second thing that I would say, and the reason that we're doing this is, my favorite independent creator, your favorite independent creators, I would say, is Red Letter Media. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Red Letter Media made themselves famous, made themselves better than most of those YouTubers that I've made fun of in the past. They've made themselves better than, than how a lot of those other shows work through their Mr. Plinkett Phantom Menace review, which I guarantee you I'm going to quote at some point throughout this. Rachel wants to say what's wrong with your face. I can tell she wants to say it. 
What's wrong with your face? What's wrong with your face? Oh, that was good. I popped her on that one. Because they've given us a lot of entertainment, they've given us the confidence. We're kind of doing this out of a tribute to a lot of these different places, but Red Letter Media definitely being one of our favorites. Absolutely. So we've got to we got to get it out of the way. And it is law. I'm pretty sure it's law that if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a show or anything that what your topic is talking about could include Star Wars, you have to do a Star Wars episode. I think it's law. It must be. I think it's either it's international law. It's definitely U.S. law. So we're getting it out of the way early. A Disney law, and you really got to be careful with those guys. I sold it all off to Disney. So if you have a problem Uh with Star Wars, you really have a problem with Disney. Oh, Oh, you can't have a problem with the mouse. (laughs) Well, I I really thought that you would have done a better job with the sequel. I gave mickey ideas for the sequels and he didn't listen to any of my ideas i don't know why he didn't listen to any of my ideas i, I can't do the mickey mouse voice i, can I only, can't do the I mickey can mouse only voice do so. the, the laugh barely but to, i would make him up. say it would be like something along the lines of oh, no we're in it for the money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the chinese don't care about your stupid crap george <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I'm I think sorry. we talk a, a little bit about a, a little bit about our history with Star Wars and the Phantom Menace. I could ask you to go first, Rachel. I will go first. I remember nothing. <laughs> I will go first because I actually do. I have no memory of this from Dad and I went to go see this in the. Theater. I didn't go. No, you didn't go. Dad and I went to go see this. I don't remember anything about the movie. I don't remember what my reaction to the movie was. I really don't. I know that Dad and I went to go see it though. Because, I mean, everyone went to go see it. There were lines going out the door, and it was the most anticipated movie of all time. And there were lines till, you know, people getting tickets two days in advance and camping out, waiting till midnight, all this stuff. We didn't do that because I was just a kid. I should have been in George's target demographic, and I really don't remember liking this movie at all. No, it wasn't one that made an impression. And we're here to be open-minded. We watch the film. We're going to tell you if we liked it or not, or there's parts Absolutely. that are good or there's parts that are bad. We, I definitely wanted to come in open-minded because that's the whole point of our show is we're doing this to, to be open-minded with it. But I cannot tell you what my initial reaction was because I just I was never a Star Wars kid. I never cared that much for the original trilogy. And I don't mean care that much as in I didn't care for it. I just mean... I never was, like, obsessed with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's go see it. With I'm sure, like, Dad probably knew it more because he would have been a teenager when the the originals came out. But I don't remember anything about it. Do you remember the first time you saw this, Rachel, at all? No. I really, I honestly do not. The only thing I remember is getting the N64 video game the pod where racing. you could do the pod well, racers and playing I thought that, that it, i i thought it'd be a lot of fun if you could do the pod racing and then the nintendo people came and they were like george we have a great idea for a racing game so i invented the pod racers so i i kind of made your childhood a lot better rachel i think that i deserve a little bit of credit for that it was an interesting game <laughs> sure <laughs> I remember you playing it. Yeah, I, I played it with with our godfather, my my godfather. I played it with my godfather a lot when he would come over. 
Yeah. I remember doing that. That's what I, I think remember. You, I think you had to build. Do you have to build the I think, thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had to, like, build it up or, like, fix it up and maybe add little pieces to it to make it better. Flying that thing was a pain in the butt. I remember that. You'd fly right straight into, like, a rock formation and... <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Well, uh, as, as Anakin, <laughs> as as we're told in the movie, you have to be, you know, like a Jedi reflex, or or an alien, a, or some sort of gleep glop to be able to fly the fucking thing around. Why didn't they just have Jar Jar fly it? Oh yeah, you want that thing to crash? Or I whatever? don't know. Maybe his clumsiness would uh, made to be gotten them a win because he's an alien. That's it. That's all I'm saying. You could just no more Jar Jar. We need more Jar Jar. Okay. Hashtag more Jar Jar. Free Jar Jar. Free Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. King Jar Jar. King Jar Jar? Yeah, King Jar Jar, okay? King Jar Jar. Misa now, the king of the Gungans. When we get to that fat frog, we're not going to be able to hold back a lot of our th- feelings throughout this episode is my guess. but They're going to be real <sighs> surprised with my verdict, though. I'll tell you that tell you what i'll tell you what (laughs) so what happened with this movie i guess we have to kind of talk a little bit about the history of this thing because yeah a little bit it's kind of crazy so i watched the entire documentary of the making of the phantom menace before this i watched a documentary that's kind of reappraising the movie i watched the plinket review I watched all of them after I wrote my notes and I I made my own decisions, but I wanted to be able to get kind of an anti this movie, a pro this movie, because it is so polarizing, especially nowadays when a lot of people that were young and stupid when they were kids and they love the movie when they were kids are now adults. It's being given, it's it's looked at differently by that generation. Right. Even though we are that generation, whatever. I watched the documentary, and I can tell you a few of the things that stood out to me as we kind of go through in some of the parts, but also the general idea that I got from watching that documentary. And I have to say, if you haven't seen it, one, it is, it's a great look at the behind-the-scenes making of this thing because it's a bunch of... It's, it's George Lucas trying to control all the aspects of the making of the film, which is his MO. He is always been known as a rogue filmmaker who does not like studios. He wants control of the movie. He wants to say what he's going to do. He wants to say what goes. So it makes sense, but it's also, it's incredibly insightful because you would never get a documentary like this made today, especially by any of like the Disney properties or the big studios, because you see things not working. You see things messing up. You see people questioning it, but none of them, none of them outright question George Lucas. They seem afraid of him and they're afraid to challenge him. And I know I'm not the first person to come up with that, hypothesis i always thought like for instance watching the plinkett reviews when plinkett would be like it seems like nobody's willing to stand up to george and he goes through Mm -hmm. that that analysis i always thought it was red letter media making that assumption it's mike making that assumption he might be turning the narrative a little bit to to show it himself i got the same impression 
Okay. And do you think it's just because he can control your career? Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily that, but I think it's. I think it could be. But I also think it's the people that were working on this movie were fans of the original film. They're probably teenagers, sure. kids in their twenties when the originals came <clears throat> out. So it's this gigantic opportunity to be able to work on this thing now. So, like, right. who the hell are you to question how this thing should be made or if you think you have a better idea? Right. But, again, Rachel, I know that you didn't get a chance to watch the doc. I didn't. Right. I want you to watch it. I want you to let me know what you think. You're making me interested in it. I am going to say a few different quotes from George Lucas during this movie or during this documentary. One is that, so, Obi-Wan's getting his, his hair cut. Ewan McGregor is sitting in a chair and the stylist is, is cutting his hair. He, like, had grown it out a little bit so that they could cut it so that they could cut it however they wanted. Right. It's typical for right. like a movie. And right. as Ewan's getting his hair cut, George says... <clears throat> the most difficult part is to not go too far, just go strange enough. Yeah. That's the biggest trap people fall into in these kinds of movies is they, just, they go too far. Yeah. So he's saying that don't go too far out of bounds. Don't try to go crazy Interesting. with it. And it comes back. We get to see a scene of... George with an editor or the editor and they're talking about editing in this scene taking different cuts of different actors and blending them together so that you can have one shot from one take and another actor in another piece of the shot from a different take and editing them together which is probably crazy innovative for 1998 sure so they're talking about it George leaves the room and the editor turns around and kind of throws his hands up in the air and goes, well, I guess maybe you got what you were looking for, but he does this all the time. Like he was so frustrated with it, but he didn't tell George like this is, we can't keep doing this because his point was like, we can do it and it's great that we can do it, but it's taking too much time right. to do it. We can't too edit effort, the... too much time. Well, and his point was we can't, edit the important thing which is editing the story you're making me edit in all of these shots just so that the shot looks good to you right. so that was interesting and then they watch a cut of the movie they watch the rough cut of the movie and this is another thing that's in the Plinkett reviews and it's probably in some other stuff you can tell they all think that it's not good you can see Oof. it you can see it and they exit the movie and they're all talking about George says it's a little disjointed. It seems like a lot of short scenes. It's bold in terms of jerking people around, but I may have gone too far in a few places. He went a little too far in some places. He says the exact thing he's war almost warning himself about at the beginning of the production. I wonder so if that he kept saying it and it kept was on his mind because he kept thinking he did and he was worried he did. Yeah. Because he wanted to go a little different. He wanted to go a little bit further, but he was trying not to push that boundary. And I think he I will, was just sitting there worried about it. And let me say this about this movie. For all its flaws, and it has flaws, even if you are a huge fan of this movie, I think that you'd have to admit it has flaws. It's trying something different. It's trying yeah. to do something different with Star Wars completely. Sure. than what the original trilogy was doing. It feels and I, more I will give it credit for that. Right. Yeah. Hearing some of that stuff was very interesting. And in a way, for me, it was really interesting <clears throat> to see the behind-the-scenes stuff even more than the movie just because of the reputation that this movie has and seeing how they 
were so worried about it coming together and then it fell apart. It, right. it just, this movie just fell apart when it came out. So yeah. seeing that it is, was fascinating for me. And I am someone that we've mentioned it before. I used to watch everything that came with the DVDs and the Blu-rays and all that stuff. I just oh, don't have time for that anymore. And our show and what we really care about is the actual narrative, is the actual movie or whatever we're doing. But I found it pretty interesting to watch. Just, you know, to throw that out there. Because nowadays, you better damn well believe if there's a documentary attached to that Blu-ray, it's a bunch of talking heads and it's a bunch of people talking about how awesome everyone was on set and how oh, they yeah. love everyone. Oh, yeah, it's every, the interview every, after other. the fact. And it's whatever they were told on a piece of paper that they had a sign that they could say. So I will give kudos to George Lucas and Lucasfilm. Absolutely for allowing something like this to come out because it does give you an actual insight into what you were watching. Right. So I guess we have to go through a little bit of how, where this movie came from before we go through the actual walkthrough of the movie and talked about the big anticipation of it. And I think a lot of the critique of this movie is that the toys were a big part of it. The video Mm -hmm. games were a big part of it. And what did you think of the effects, Rachel, in general? The CGI, the effects that they used? Yeah. Subpar. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for other movies that came out around that time. I, I, I don't know. I didn't think they were that great even for that time. I thought some of it was fairly seamless. A lot of the characters were interwoven. Oh, the characters, well. sure. Yeah, they looked like they were a part of the scene more so than you'd expect the reason that i ask is because i feel like another criticism of this movie is it was made for the toys it was made for the ancillary money and it was made because they really wanted to try new stuff with the effects and not necessarily made that way made for that reason but the primary focus seems to be like they cared about the effects and they didn't necessarily i could see that there's a lot of effects in this movie there's a lot of different effects that you can tell they were trying to do and special like, oh, look at this. Like, oh, look at over here now. You know, look how interesting and, this is. And I actually That's think that they go, they go overboard in the sequel to this, in, in Attack of the Clones. I don't we'll know if you've... We'll get to I, that. I don't remember it as well as I probably... But that maybe that's why. <laughs> Just like blocking it out. Like I did with this one. <laughs> George wrote the script in the 1994 is when he started writing the script. They started doing the production on it. That documentary goes through a lot of the casting. They kind of always want, or they offered the role of Qui-Gon to Liam Neeson. And he, I took the, I took the job without even reading the script. I just wanted to be part of a Star Wars movie. But. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most people would do that though. Oh, I mean, I, I get to be in a Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Let's do this. Right? Yeah, of course. I think that's how Ewan McGregor felt about it, too. And Ewan McGregor is very good as Obi-Wan. Yeah. I kind of have to give it to him on that. No, he does a good job, yeah. I think. <laughs> From what I saw of Obi-Wan, sure. There is him and, in my opinion, Palpatine, Ian McDermott. Oh, yeah. Palpatine. No. Palpatine oh, is he, the... know, he knows his he knows his place. He's like I, I know what I'm playing right in, here. In I, this I'm movie, do in this movie, no he's... matter what movie I'm in, I am Palpatine. I mean, I, I that's mean, I perfect. Think... In this movie, he's acting one way, but when we get to those sequels, who boy, 
because he chewed that scenery for all it's worth, and it's just <laughs> fucking great. Oh man! So it's it is important to point out then that this movie was super hyped. We've documented that, and it's this thing where it is these these Star Wars fans that are just so obsessed, and I'm still to this day are so obsessed Absolutely. with with Star Wars that they just it was the biggest thing in the world to have it come out. So Right, to have a new one come out, to have a backstory to all the characters they know. Absolutely, they're going to be excited. The one thing that does bug me, and you mentioned it, is when people say that they didn't care whether or not it was good or not because it was Star Wars. So what? Right. It, it's Star it Wars. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan of something i think that's stupid you can like what you like for whatever reason that you like it or dislike what you like for whatever reason that you don't like it but i feel like that's one of those one of those ways to start veering into telling people they're stupid for liking or not liking something or which i'll do in jest i guarantee i'm gonna call you (laughs) stupid if you you always i'm gonna do that in jest but i think that it's one of those ways that it gets into that into that Ready Player One territory of being like, you're not a real fan unless that you can tell me the color of Obi-Wan's lightsaber in Phantom Menace. It was blue. Right. But I think that... <laughs> no, I, I see exactly what you mean. Yep. And so it's, it's think... when the fandom becomes more of a... Cult. An army of or a cult of individuals who it has to be this way. It has to be this way. You have to know every little detail. You have to know every, remember every little thing that happened. And you even have to know what their favorite food is, even if they don't say it in the movie. Well, it's probably that blue milk. I mean, when mm. we get to Last Jedi and we get to talk <laughs> about Mark Hamill sucking on like that found... tit of that thing. <laughs> 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 That's gonna be a while. We're gonna. It's gonna be a while before we get to Last Jedi, which we'll see. That, we, might, we might pick oh, up some speed here. Lucas apparently, according to him, adapted the screenplay for this based on a 15-page outline that he wrote in 1976. He wrote this outline as writers do to keep track of characters' backstories and stuff. So, I, according to him, midi chlorians and Anakin being a slave was part of this 1976 outline. I guess. I guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I question that, but it must, I guess. It must be just like a little little bullet point. Just a little one. So one of the other things that comes up is the fact that according to himself and Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, Ron Howard... They all say that George didn't want to direct it, that he actually asked a bunch of them to direct it because he didn't want to do it. And then, which I could see, maybe this is diff- a completely different tale if, if it's a written by George Lucas and then somebody takes it and adapts the screenplay to mm-hmm. be their vision maybe as a fan of Star Wars or knowing George Lucas. So sure. that's an interesting little little tidbit as well. Uh, I think it would be a you, different movie if he didn't direct it. A couple little interesting parts about this, about the casting for some of these lineups. So Michael Jackson was interested in playing Jar Jar Binks. Yes, the Michael Jackson. I don't know how to respond to that. I really... <laughs> I don't even... He, he wanted to do it all in prosthetics, but George, of course, wanted to make this like a CGI character. Oh, no, but, uh, I stepped in the poopy. Oh, no. 
Oh, that's Ignan. Wiley, oh, my God. on the ground. Oh, if no. So... <laughs> oh, I got tangled poopy. That's so ignorant. Anakin, Anakin, come over here. Let me hold your hand, Oh, dear, lo- Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I someone could that one. I'll have to cut that one out because that's just oh, bad. I if someone can do a bad. fan edit, if someone can do a fan edit where you take Jar Jar Binks and you replace Ahmed with Michael Jackson, like just do your own Michael Jackson. Everybody could do one. I'd watch that. I'd watch that right now. I can't do it. It's so. It's why I'm like. It's oh man. <sighs> Jamona. Oh, he would. He would. That. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Kira Knightley's parents. Yeah, why parents. didn't they use prosthetics? I'm su- I'm actually disappointed well, that so it wasn't in the, prosthetics. In the but I get what you're saying the... now. I understand you're behind the scenes now, where they're like, oh, we want to use all these cool new tools yeah. that we have, and let's do all the CGI. I like prosthetics. No, they they show they show it. So they had so first of all, Ahmed met Michael Jackson at a concert. George Lucas or wait, how the are producer. we? Are we <laughs> Hang on, hang on. We're still be with Michael Jackson. Rick, so Rick, Rick McCollum, the producer, or George Lucas, I can't remember who, took Ahmed, the guy that plays Jar Jar, and took him b- backstage at a Michael Jackson concert to kind of show, like, no, look, Mike, like, we have, I don't know why they were concerned that Michael Jackson was, I don't know, whatever. They have Ahmed, I'm, I keep calling him Ahmed, I, I should give him, his, say his full name, because this guy, talk about getting screwed by this movie, Ahmed Best. Aww. The guy that played Jar Jar Binks. We shouldn't say his name. Then nobody knows. No, people know who he is. They don't need to know. We'll just pretend. Well, it, it just didn't happen. The people the that guy. sent Ahmed Best death threats and stuff. Like, this this is not his yeah, fault. Yeah, but see, that's the problem. It's not his fault that that's how the character was. That he was just no, doing he his did, job. No, he played that character exactly how he was told to play the character. Exactly. And if you see how George is asking him to play it, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Right. It's just an annoying fucking character. But they had him on set, and he was in, like, a full getup. Okay. They made a costume for him. And he's a tall guy, and he had, like, a Jar Jar hat with, like, a Jar Jar oh, right. hat. yes. So I remember seeing their point was, that. like, if the CGI doesn't work totally, then you're still there, and we can kind of CGI parts of you. But then okay. after the filming was done, they had him do, like, the, the balls, you know, the golem oh, yeah, balls yeah. everywhere. Which for the some people try to give like, well, like, because of Phantom Menace, you have Lord of the Rings. And it's like, okay, because of the technology that Lucasfilm because had, you have Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> we Don't give have the movie credit. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But there are a couple of little, you know, tidbits about the casting that are interesting, which the other one is Joseph Fiennes auditioned for Obi-Wan. George Lucas was looking for someone younger because George Lucas's daughter thought that Ewan McGregor might be better. And then... Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, she was right. She's right. And then Kira Knightley's parents tried to convince her not to be a part of the movie. Tried to how, convince her not to audition. How old was she here? That's a good question. That's a good question. Let me look it up. Let me look up how old her and Natalie Portman were. Kira Knightley was born in 1985, so she was like 13, 12, 13. Okay. I think Natalie Portman, how old is Natalie Portman? I think they're the same age, aren't they? Probably. Natalie's 40. I didn't realize Natalie Portman was that old. I didn't realize So she was 17. 
That's not yeah. much. That's not well. I mean, I guess it it's is. A little, it's a that, little bit that, different. That, that's definitely but, different. But you can't like I. I could tell because the second I, you you fucking people made me watch this movie twice because I had to watch it once to watch it and then I had to watch it again to take all my fucking notes. But the, I had to watch the second, it again to understand it. So the the second time I watched it. I was trying to find the scenes where Padme or Queen Amidala is Natalie Portman and where Queen Amidala is Kira Knightley. Oh, I noticed it every single time. You can see it. Oh, you could. You could tell the difference every time. Okay, I got the. I I saw it in one scene where I was like, "Oh, that's Kira," and then another one where it's like, "Oh, that's." Well, there was one. There was one scene, and then it made me go, "Wait a second. I'm like, because I kept going. I know this. I already know this is a thing where she's not actually." You know, she's playing two different people because she's, like, trying to hide her herself. And I, there was one scene I look up and I'm like, why is why is she the handmaiden all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. like, in the yeah. background, I'm like, that's her face. I'm like, handmaiden looks, or like, like the queen looks funky. She looks puffy. Yeah, because Kira has a thinner face, I think. Maybe yeah, I think point. maybe. I can't really. I think it was the makeup, but at the same oh, time, okay. I'm going... But she's right there. They I'm like, do look very similar. Yes. I mean, one of my favorite bits from the Plinket review is when I mean, it's the, uh, the queen is so heavily makeuped. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's outrageous. Get, maybe. And why is she I, well, a thirteen-year-old? I don't understand. No, wait for wait for the walkthrough. Wait for the walkthrough. I have lots. Of, <laughs> I have lots to discuss about this. This is going to be a seven-hour podcast. This is really laps fan WrestleMania I... seventeen style. I'm gonna have to go get some food. Make sure I have like some rations. One of my favorite, one of my favorite parts about the Plinket review is when Plinket is asking the rest of what becomes the future of Red Letter Media crew to describe the characters without saying yes. their wardrobe or anything. Oh my god, that was my favorite. And none of them can really figure out Queen Amidala. And I love when Jay goes, "She looks like Kira Knightley." <laughs> <laughs> You know what I didn't know? Was the other character Kira Knightley? What do you mean? Was Kira Knightley in this movie? Yes. Hmm. Kira Knightley is playing the queen when Natalie Portman is playing the handmaiden. Didn't realize that was Kira Knightley. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, like, I knew it wasn't her. Like, I knew it wasn't Natalie Portman. You know, Oh, you thought was, that, like, Kira Knightley was, like, some other handmaiden. I just thought something. it was some no, random she's, person. She's playing the queen. When Natalie Portman is playing Padme the Handmaiden. I didn't realize that it doesn't look like Kira Knightley. So when their moms were on the set with them, they could not tell them apart when they were in costume. Oh, that's actually kind of funny, though. I like that. Yeah. And they... I, they are they, very they similar. They look similar then. I don't. I mean, you can tell them apart now, but like they did, they did look similar when they were that age. Kira eventually, I, did not I know guess. That was Kira Knightley, though. Yeah. Even with, like Knightley. with the makeup on, it doesn't look like her. That's why. This is killing me right now. Jay says that that well, she looks like Kira Knightley. Because. <laughs> <sighs> that threw but me appara- off. Okay. Apparently, Kira Knightley was a huge fan of Star Wars. So she wanted to audition for the role. Oh, I could see which, her being a huge fan. Yeah, and infamously... She's a fangirl for a lot of things. Yeah, My favorite is, is. is It's for Pirates of the Caribbean. Look yeah, at the pirates! For, for those of you that have not... <laughs> I mean, right... So when when it comes to fandoms, and, and as much as I hate fandoms, we're going... And as convoluted as, as this fucking plot is, 
I am going to defend the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels plots, knowing that they're completely convoluted. But for those of you who haven't, if you have oh, not 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 to... the newest ones, one, two, and three. No, 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 no. They're but they're convoluted as hell too. Those plots of of the sequel. I'm just saying, I hate the new movies. But if you get a chance, go find listen to Keir Knightley's commentary on pirates of the caribbean on curse of the black pearl i love it what i only think of kira knightley as having like a very normal posh. like a posh yeah, british accent. accent she's so cockney in it she's having so much fun just like being in a movie her. it's so great digression aside she's in the movie and then natalie portman who this is not her first movie she's like been in mars attacks and some other stuff but George Lucas in some of this behind the scenes stuff is very like, oh, I'm so is she you know, in Mars pleased Attacks? with. <laughs> yes, she is in Mars Attacks. Stay tuned, or add that to the list. Actually, I don't know. Oh my god! Don't no stay way. tuned. I don't know when we'll do that, but add that to the list. No, you gotta stay tuned. <laughs> so... Always stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for thirty years down the line when we finally talk about Mars when we get Attacks. To Mars Attacks. <laughs> I don't know where that is on our list. So. There is behind-the-scenes footage of, of George being like, oh, you know, I'm so, almost, almost like she's kind of better than as an actress than he anticipated. I'll debate that when we get into this movie. Rachel, I, before we move on to do the, the walkthrough. She was the kid in Mars Attacks. She was the kid in Mars Attacks. I just realized it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had... I had... <laughs> she's, the, she's Jack Nicholson's daughter. She's the first yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she is. I forgot Jack Nicholson was the damn president. Oh my god. Alright, that movie is hilariously stupid. And I love it. Alright. <laughs> Talk about a dumb movie I that underrated. I actually enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of underrated. <sighs> Do you want to tell... This might be the time. Because at some point in our Star Wars journey, the, the side quest that is the overall journey of of shelf life, we're on our Star Wars path. We, we yep. went into... Hyperspeed, hyperdrive, whatever Hyper the fuck they active. call it in this. We're at, yes, I don't we're know at what they call speed. it. I'm just, I'm just talking about ludicrous speed at this point. I think I saw. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. That's probably true. Because <sighs> I kept, I think I watched Star Wars and I was like, oh my god, that's in Spaceballs. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> Do you want to tell the people the story of when we met? And Anakin and Alea. Why do you want me to I mean, tell the story? Because I do. I think at some point we have to tell people this story, but or or should it be when there's actually a Leia in the movie? But there, well, there's only an there's only an Anakin and Alea are only ever in the same movie for five minutes at the end of. True. Well, okay. Like, this goes back to my overall point of were they family friends or were they? <sighs> they were cousins. They okay. were no, they were like brother and sister. It would be like if I had an Anakin and you had it a was, it was a okay, yeah, yeah. Because they, they were, were cousins. cousins. Remember they the, said the, meet the your cousins. Were cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right, so here's this is here's taking this... this is my whole point. This is this is part of my whole God, thing. When of, was this? How many years ago was this? Now? I Those don't know. Kids are probably at least like ten, right? They they might know who they we're talking about them now. <laughs> oh my God! And I'm sa- <laughs> I'm sorry, Anakin, Leia, if you're out there, I'm sorry. It was comic book day. Okay. And as you do for comic book day, you go to multiple comic book stores and you get comic books because it's fun and it's a great time. It's nice. A great time was had by all. (laughs) So we're at our probably I would say our favorite comic book store. 
and we're in line we're surrounded by a lot of people. Some people are dressed up. Some people just have, like, fun shirts on. Some people have comics with them because they already were at different stores. And behind us, there was two couples. And they had their children with them. And they're, like, babies. And yeah, we're not, like, babies. Like, babies. Like, in a papoose, okay? But they were babies. But they were dressed up. They the were dressed were. up. And it was cute. They were very adorable because I remember turning and saying, oh my god, I love their costumes. Well, actually, I think it was the one couple came up to the other, right? Because they were like, yeah. oh, hey, we just came and got into light. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, too, is our area where we, you know, live oh by god. each other, where we grew up, there's different cultures around different cities. This particular city, for whatever reason, is very nerdy. Oh, it's like one of the nerdiest I, I, cities you've ever been to. I, I don't know if it's because of they the They have comic Star Wars store. conventions. They have this huge Star Wars, like, things happening there. So, very nerdy. It's great. So, just as a side pop-up, continue. So, the, the one couple comes up with their child. I don't remember which one was which, so it doesn't matter at this point. And goes, hey, Leia, say hi to your cousin, Anakin. And I just remember us looking at each other, like... Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's... I, it was wow. It really is deep with those people. Like they, like that is Star Wars fandom right there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's. I mean, that's Child Protective Services needs to come in <laughs> and just like at least do like an inspection. Like it's one thing, and I do this with or plan to do this with you know godson, friends, kids, whoever you know, introduce them to these worlds, make them fans so that I have someone to talk to in 20 years when they're old. And because th- <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to be listening to these fucking podcasts and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Kevin. You you shut those fucking Star Wars fans down. But <laughs> it's those things where it's like, I feel like you might be taking it a little. It, it's one of those it's one of those instances where it's like I'm a little afraid to be a part of this well, fandom it's like, like okay, I, it's why, a, it's why i don't like did you like fandoms? the name there's one thing to like a name you know you like oh, the name anakin name it's a stupid name <laughs> it's just, a stupid name i know i'm just saying and then he's going and then his nickname is fucking annie that's a girl's name i know gender fluidity aside it is a girl's name it just sounds weird i don't even like the name annie well, the, uh, apologies to all the Annies out there. <laughs> There's just something about nicknaming somebody Annie. Well, what else would his nickname be? Can? I don't know. Whatever Meek? his middle name is, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if we ever know his middle name. He probably doesn't have one. No, because he was a virgin birth. Okay, we got to Wait, we... he's a virgin? <laughs> Wait, I missed that part. Okay. <laughs> on that note. Wait, no, what? On that I note. No, so no, no. On that note. After a word, we're going to take a break. After a word from our what fake sponsor, we're going to come funny? back and the and we will walk through Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Why? I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to stay home with Mom. I love my mom. But Dad said everybody needs to leave home sometime. That's how you learn about the Force. Mom says if Anakin can do it, I can do it. For all Jedi Knights in training, Bye, Mommy! It's Star Wars at Big Kmart. Like no place on Earth. 
and we're back to walk through Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. We're about to figure out whether or not Phantom Menace has shelf life. Rachel, are you ready to go? <sighs> I don't know. You dropped a bomb on me right before this. I don't know about this. I don't. I don't. I can't believe you didn't pick up on that. But I, I guess I don't even think I understood it. The show begins, and the crowd goes nuts on opening night because it's that a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So yeah. it's always important to remember that Star Wars in its entirety takes place in the past for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I would think it's more like a dystopian future. <laughs> you think this is a you think this is a dystopian future? Well, yeah, because like there's weird technologies, right? However, there's also like weird technologies that you wouldn't expect to use in the future. So like, <laughs> there's futuristic technology, and then there's such as well, it's 1970s sci-fi, right? Like right, 1970s sci-fi is it hilarious. Feels... It feels more uh, steampunk to me. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> wait, give it to you. wait a minute. You're... A steampunk Star Wars. Now that's, that's a hell yeah, of an that's idea. A, that's a hell of an idea right there. <laughs> Can we book that? Can we get that on the show? Call it Steam Wars. Ooh. That's, yeah. That's right. I sell that for nine ninety nine a month and make about 12 episodes for that. Netflix, Disney Plus. Oh, uh, well, if we want it to be a little bit uh, higher end, we'll have to go Hulu. I'll have to go to Hulu if we want it to be adult. <laughs> Darker. Yes, that was... My voice isn't perfect for the Vince McMahon impression, but for those of you joining us for the first time, we make a lot of wrestling references on this show. We're a bunch of nerds, okay? <laughs> we dive into everything. That's our motto here. Or motif or mojo or whatever. Mojo. So, the... So just to be clear, just to make sure everyone understands, I watched the extended edition, and I also watched a version of it that I taped off of cable. Is that what you I'm made gonna... me watch? The extended edition? Yeah. Yeah, you watched the extended edition. Oh, great. That's probably why it was felt so, so long. I watched the extended edition, and I also watched the regular theatrical Blu-ray edition. Okay, so you understand, like, the theatrical cut, then. Versus what versus George the extended Lucas really cut. wanted. Well, I didn't. I don't know if this. Screen. I don't know if the extended cut is the director's cut or not. Oh, okay. But I will point out the differences because I watched the extended cut first, and I hadn't watched this movie in 22 years in its entirety. The Star Wars movies, even the prequels, the sequels, whatever, they're great background to have when like TNT does their Star Wars marathon shit. Because yeah, if it's not a Harry Potter weekend, it's got to be a Star Wars weekend. Yeah, be so like nothing else is on. I'm doing whatever. I'm cleaning the house. I'm d washing the dishes. You put Phantom Menace on in the background, but I'm not paying attention to it. This was the first time I had paid attention to it in 20 years or whatever. Sure. So I do have that potential insight there. So we start with a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And the crowd goes nuts long, when it hears the time ago in a galaxy far away. Sorry. Go ahead. I also, I've also heard that people, <laughs> people, I watched that video and someone was like, you know, I didn't understand the plot of the fan. Oh no. I was watching reviews of, or listen, reading reviews or something of the Phantom Menace. And somebody was like, I really didn't understand the plot of the movie until I listened to weird Al's <laughs> The saga begins. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that until you said that out loud. And then I was just like, oh, now I need to go listen to it. It's a good song. It is a good song. And it does give you the plot of this movie, more or less. So 
you hear dun yeah it is a great theme i'll i'll give it that it's a it's a great theme it's the john williams theme and when you hear that you know that there's footage of like the fans on on opening night like at midnight just going fucking crazy It's just like the glass crash of Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is. The it second is you hear of, that, you the, go, yes! <laughs> you and I, we've talked about our proclivity to go to when we go to movies and stuff now. I never want to be a part of that because that crowd, although it would be so electric to be part of that crowd. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I want to go to the movie and I want to make sure no one's going to talk, no one's going to cheer, no one's going to do that kind of stuff. Although we've been in, we'll get to the movies where we've been in where it's not even, it's not even opening night. It's just that badass of a moment or something. Yeah. Happened. But it is an energetic moment. So let me read to you the scroll for Star Wars Phantom Menace. Unless you prefer to read the scroll, Rachel. Oh, no, 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 please. I, I don't prefer to read a scroll. <laughs> Cause I went literally started the movie. It, I heard the music and then I went, I'm supposed to be reading the screen. And I had to look over it and actually read the screen. Yeah, and I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> this crawl, the opening crawl here, it's a warning for what's to come. <laughs> it's a warning. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Trade route. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the greedy trade for... Wait, you know what? Hang on, hang on. I'm confused I... by all of that all of a sudden. Why would they use battleships? Well, why do they have battleships? But I'll, I'll finish... Let, let, fin- let me finish it this way, and then I'm going to do it in another... I'm going to do another version. I'm going to do another take for you, and you can decide which one is better. Okay. The greedy trade federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched... Two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. I don't understand what you don't understand about that, Rachel. Okay, so there's a taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems in dispute. So there's some sort of taxation. They're taxing trade. Right, they're taxing trade between, like, planets? I guess so, yeah. Okay. And the Trade Federation is trying to resolve this with a blockade of battleships. So they've made a blockade around the planet so that trade can happen in and out of Naboo. But I don't understand why that would stop taxation on trade. Wait, so Naboo is the one taxing... No, see, that's what I don't understand. Is Naboo asking for more tax cut from the trade? Because the Trade Federation would be... Would want the trade, right? So who's getting taxed? They all would want the trade. Why is anybody being taxed? And who's getting the tax money? That's what I'm like. Yeah. So the tax is federation. No, wait, wait, wait. So wait, is, wait. Is, are, wait oh, the bad people are the tax federations who are putting no, the, the, the the trade federation on the planet. That's right. The trade federation are the Asian Asian. That's lizards. the bad guy. That's correct. Okay. So we have a we the actually tra- have like a concrete bad guy. 
well, I mean, they are bad guys. Yes. Well, they're they're villains. They're antagonists to the plot of the they, movie. Because they. But want I don't understand what their, their goal taxes is. No, from I don't. The I don't. And they're not allowing them to, to to trade until they get their money. Is that what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. There's a trade dispute between the Trade Federation and the outlying systems of the Galactic Republic, which has led to a blockade of Naboo. Is Naboo the other republic? No, Naboo's just one of the planets within the republic. So why are they going after Naboo by itself? Why don't they go after I don't, the republic? I don't know. That's why I don't understand hmm. why this. they think this is going to, why this matters. And I don't know if anybody can tell me. So, folks, at but home... But here's my other... <laughs> We're not going to understand all of this plot because it's nonsensical. So if you do, first of all, as Mr. Plinkett would say, shame on you. Or I think Rift Tracks. I think Rift Tracks actually says, yes. It's one Rift of Tracks, our favorites. I think Rift Tracks actually says, like, if you understand what's going on, shame on you. But <laughs> um, if you do understand, email us on email shelf life the podcast. At I actually want you to tell me. Please tell me. I because want I just to don't know. understand who's against what here okay do you want me to do take two of the opening crawl well my other question though yeah i'm gonna have you do that but my other question also is why are jedi involved that's a great question why is chancellor valorum sending jedi i think i, I can't is it just really... because it's like a war because they don't want to deal with having like a war so they're like you deal with it no i think what they're doing is the Jedi are considered keepers of the peace for the Republic. Oh, okay. So they're going as like ambassadors to be like, all right, let's let's settle down. Let's actually settle this out. Like, yeah, this is okay. just a trade dispute. Like, don't be setting up a blockade with warships and shit. Let's be calm here, and we can settle it. Calm and rational. So I think that is why he did it. Why he did it secretly, I don't understand why it's like some sort of big secret to do this. I guess because the Senate would have to kind of probably say, like, we're going to send the Jedi. Maybe the Senate has to, like, sign off on this. I don't really understand the government of the solar system. No, we're getting to that. It's going to be about 3 o'clock in the morning when we get to it, but we're going to enjoy that part. Okay. Okay, here's take two. Hang on. I have to make sure I can get my diaphragm up here. Diaphragm? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. I just know it's something. <laughs> okay, ready? Oh, my God. Yeah. Deadline! A galaxy far, far away! Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Coming to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates these alarming chamber events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaxy, to settle the conflict. You said that I so want... fast. I wanted and to you didn't like even, it... like, fuck it up. My God. I wanted to do it like the old-time radio. Yeah, I know. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> because <sighs> I just don't understand what's going on and what's now, with their what face. Is a street fighter. What's now, what wrong with is your face? a Jedi? <laughs> now, what is a Jar Jar? <laughs> He's a Gungan. Are they? Oh, it, they are a Gungan. They're not Jar Jars. Gungas. They're junk. They're Gung Gungas. What? Gungas. You know what? Whatever. Gungans. Are they? Are they racist? 
Is, is this telling me how George Lucas is racist? Give me about two seconds, and we're going to start with the potential <laughs> to race stuff. Folks at home, <clears throat> if I do the voice that these characters do, or puts the clip in, this is not a joke. This And if you haven't seen this movie, this is how these people, or these gleep glops, <laughs> these aliens, talk in this movie. It's very... It's very upsetting. It's very, um... Wait, what's the word I want? What's that word that everybody uses? Unproblematic. Problematic, but it's not triggering. It's the... When you're mean to somebody because you... Oh, oh yeah. I know. Microaggression? Offending. You're just thinking of offensive? I'm just trying to think of the word offensive. I could not think of it. It's it's a very... Leave all that in the... Why? Because I couldn't think of the word offensive? Because you couldn't think of the word offensive. It's also true, though. It's absolutely um, fucking true. But anyway. But it is. It is actually a very offensive thing because I can't tell if it's racist or they're making fun of mentally handicapped well, people. Or well, both. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I all right. So Riff tracks again, not to give credit. I, I want to give credit to other people because I don't know if we can say anything that other people haven't already said about this movie. But at some point in the Riff tracks, your boy Tom Servo slash Kevin Murphy says... <laughs> I don't think Jar Jar is racist. I think he's offensive in just a general sense to like the soul. Just everybody. So, just he's just offensive. <laughs> so I get, I get what George Lucas is trying to do with these sequels. Or, or I'm sorry, with the prequels. He's trying to tell a story of how democracy can fall and democracy is super fragile. And he's trying right. to show that. And that's a, that's a very, it's a cool idea. It is a sure. good idea. And it could have been super impactful, like watching fascism take over the Harry Potter world Mm -hmm. or something like the Hunger Games and trying to revolt against that, which is which is the idea of the original trilogy. Stuff like that is it's good to keep in mind. It's good to remember. And I understand why he's using a a, a trade route and trading disputes as the catalyst. Yeah. Because in World War, I might get this wrong, history buffs definitely, you know, let me know if I'm getting this wrong or if this is kind of the idea. But World War One, because of imperialism and stuff, so trading was kind of a big part of the big kerfuffle that kind of helped get that thing going. And part of the reason that the Japanese went against the Americans in World War Two was because that they were sanctioning gas and sanctioning oil before... World War II happened. So there was a lot of trade dispute happening mm-hmm. when these a lot of these countries were trying to be passive with each other. So I totally understand what he's <laughs> trying to do. And it makes sense to make it something mundane. But if you're going to make it something mundane, you have to you have to get past the mundane or you have to make people understand what's going on. Right. And then you have to escalate it quickly. But you have to ground it in in it, and I and I feel well, they like they escalated it very quickly within that text. They said that there's warships. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, and and that kind of could could maybe remind you of like the Cuban Missile Crisis or something like that too, where it's like we're gonna blockade Cuba so that they can't get you know stuff mm, like that. I wonder so, if it was that one that got him. That uh, might but, have been what inspired him there. But like the Cuban Missile Crisis. For anyone that you, if you can find people that were born at that time, was exciting, and it was—I mean, it's not—it wasn't exciting; it was terrifying. But, but my, but like, I'm using exciting, exciting in, in like the a, sense of like an anxiety, exciting. Yeah, 
you don't feel that here at all no. because you no. don't understand what the fuck is going on. No. Because you don't understand why there's why there is a, a dispute. Right. So we start off and we see this like little ship and they're asking to board this bigger ship, which looks like a donut with a donut hole in the middle, as Mr. Plunkett would say. And we it find looks like a and satellite. We, is that what you think it looks like? Kind of, right? It's like this weird, like it's it's like got this like ball in the middle of it, it and then it's have like a ball a... in the middle though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's like a donut hole, and yeah, and then it, but it's with a bite taken out of it. <laughs> yes, with a bite. Yes, there's a bite taken out of the donut, and then somebody put the donut hole in the middle. Yeah. If we have like a Twitter or something, Rachel will take a picture of a donut hole in the middle of a donut. And say, here's <laughs> our next. Can you guess the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we hear obi-wan say that they're they want to ask permission to come aboard and we get the viceroy who is in us in unmistakably supposed to be in like a fu manchu asian stereotypical lizard it really, it really is a stereotype lizard yes yes of course as you know our blockade is perfectly legal and we'd be happy to receive the ambassadors. Like, that's how he talks. That's how all of them talk. It it's, is, it's... It's very broken. It's very stereotypical. It's kind of sad. Yeah. That's all I have to say. So this uh, character mm-hmm. is Newt Gunray, is the name of the Viceroy. I'd grade another Newt. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And... <laughs> He is a Nemoidian. Okay. A Nemoid. Because like like Leonard like Nimoy? Leonard Nemoid. <laughs> he should have talked like Leonard Nemoid if he's a Nemoidian. And that's what it's like. Is that make it more racist? I think at some point Leonard Nemoid probably said like he doesn't like Star Wars because he thinks Star Trek is more highbrow or something like that. Yeah, so go but... after the man with stereotypical broken English person like that's horrible. But Leonard Nemoid doesn't have. No, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He never spoke with broken English. Right. I think. Ah, uh, uh, this is. I think he's just trying to give like a bad guy that people would relate to. No, well, I think that's horrible. I think it goes back to George Lucas. The original idea behind all of Star Wars was he was trying to do like a Buck Rogers. He was trying to do these well, the, like, serials. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction type stuff from when he was younger. Sure. So Fu Manchu was a villain that was a stereotypical. Asian character, stereotypical Chinese character. I don't think he should have done that. It, it would gonna... be totally fine to make him Asian, but I don't know if he should oh, be yeah. talking in this broken English no. type way. No. And I know that there's people out there that speak in broken English. Well, sure. But But this is still... the way that it, typically when somebody does that in a show movie, whatever, it's typically to make fun of that. Oh, yeah. There's no way that they're not trying to make fun so... of that. So, yeah, of course there's people who have broken English, and that's just, that's reality. But usually when it's done in this way, it's supposed to be to make fun of them. And I think that's horrible. <laughs> I think they, I think that's just, it's, uh, it was. So strike one I, there on the Phantom Meadows. Now, yep. keep in mind, as as, we'll, as we've said, we're not going to dig in on the past because it, because when the movie came out, it's like, you know, whatever. Yeah, but even then, they shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> well, right, exactly. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Is that like, yeah, 
it probably wasn't good for the time either. Right. Because if you want to say something like, oh, we, you know, it's an 80s movie and it's fun and it, like, they didn't know, they didn't portray gay people right then or whatever. Yeah, it does look kind of like, it does kind of make you go like, ooh, that's, that's kind of outdated. But you, right. you don't, like, go like, you don't, like, go like, we're going to burn this movie because, no. you know, of whatever, whatever, and we're not sure. going to burn the movie because of that. But we're just pointing it out because it probably was a little outdated at the time, too. Certainly outdated now. We can go in the other direction, too, of making things too sterile so that it does for, appeal for the lack of to a better everyone. Word, PC. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, they board the ship. They land their ship onto this bigger ship because I guess them and the Jedi, these people that are with them and the Jedi, just think that this is kind of a mundane task to be put on. So, sure. who cares? We're just going to land on the Viceroy ship here. And the Jedi are taken into a room by a protocol droid, like a C-3PO type of droid. Yeah, interesting droids. These are interesting, yeah. Well, it's just a C-3PO droid. It's a protocol droid. They're like oh, mass was it produced. A, oh, it, it was a C-P-3, C-3PO. It, was, it wasn't the other... Not the yet. not the fighters yet. No, With, no, no. Like, the, I'm just talking the about... The flatter yeah, faces. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, chicken, the chicken droids. They look kind of like chickens to me. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. And the first line that Obi-Wan Kenobi says is I have a bad feeling about this. So right from the get-go, you have the opportunity to say, well, no shit, Obi-Wan, you are in The Phantom Menace. So of <laughs> course you should have a bad feeling about this. It just starts off on just like the wrong foot here by having that as the first line. I have a bad feeling about this is Obi-Wan's first line, and he's right. Yeah, he is right. And then Qui-Gon Jinn, who's played by Liam Neeson, is like, oh, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Qui-Gon Jinn, this whole movie, just comes off as just this, as just this, like, this reckless idiot. He's a liar. He cheats all the time. Obi-Wan is like, dude, something, I feel like something's wrong. And he's, he's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing wrong here. Neutral. Just sit down. And, just sit down and just, just be in the moment. It's fine. He's definitely a chaotic neutral. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie about that one. Yeah, it's like kind of weird. It's a little strange. And it's such a slow movie. And this beginning part really, really proves it out because like everything is happening and nothing is happening. Nothing is being explained to you. We're just like going back and the forth. The scenes between. are very quick. They're very. Staccato they take like scenes. two minutes, and then you end up with into like another scene, and then right. you go to another scene, and you it's have like one line, and then it jumps to another scene with those fucking wipes. Stop with the wipes. It is annoying, and it looks stupid as hell. I couldn't stand it. So feel better. I'm gonna be doing that a lot. I have a feeling. So. <laughs> Suddenly, out of nowhere, they sense fear because we find out that Darth Sidious is in on it with the Viceroy, the Nemoidians, and he's telling them, like, oh, there's, uh, oh, there seems to be Jedi here or whatever, because they are like, crap, there's Jedi here, and they're <clears throat> terrified of the Jedi, so they send right. the protocol droid to, like, give them a drink, I guess, and the Jedi are like, "Oh, why is it taking this long?" But we haven't, we ha we don't have any sense of time has passed. Right, there wasn't so any like, sense of time. So like, wait, did we? Were, you just were waiting for thirty seconds, or has it been an hour? I have no idea. 
So like how you just literally facepalm just then. <laughs> so Viceroy is asking Sidious what to do, and Sidious says to kill the Jedi and to begin the invasion yep. of Naboo. Right. So and... now so now it's not just them being a wall of warships. They're invading the con- the planet? Yes. Okay. I guess. And one of the Nemoidians, I can't remember if it's, if it's Newt Gunray or one of the other Viceroy people or whatever. I wouldn't but, know any of their names. So it doesn't well, Newt Gunray, Newt Gunray is the head one with like the big red, he's got the red cloak. Okay. So red and, cloak. Yeah. So he <laughs> says, is that legal? And I'm like, is it legal to land troops on the planet? No. Wait, is he it was ever? saying, is it legal? When yeah, what they're then, doing uh, is like rebelling and, and doing something on the dark, like bad. Like they were doing something bad. Is it legal for what we're actually doing? Should we actually do this yet? I don't know. Should we? Should we check yeah, to make sure? It's fucking stupid. Is it and... legal for us to do this on like the the bad guy side? Maybe it's not a bad guy legal thing to do. No, I don't under. No, I think because <laughs> Sidious keeps asking them to get a treaty signed. Yeah. So I don't know, and I don't know why he wants that treaty signed. I don't know what's in the treaty. I don't know what the treaty is going to do, but he keeps telling them to get the treaty signed, and he's gonna, and and I guess they're gonna escalate getting the treaty signed by illegally deploying troops. When is there ever a legal time to deploy troops? Yeah, really. That, like the, I don't understand this. We're we're gonna rush the the planet with our with our troops. Let's make sure it's legal first, so that they sign this treaty. But you want to do something that's not legal, so that they feel the pressure, right? So why would you even ask that question? Infuriating. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I understand. And like I said before, I'm going to defend and I'm going to walk you through the convoluted plot of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So I, I like understand, and I like movies Stop that are, that have that. convoluted plots. No, no, I'm saying I, I love that movie too. It's gonna I'm be. I'm gonna a have to event. walk you through all of those movies that you go. I don't know what's going on, and then I have to explain everything to you because for some reason, when we watch weird sci-fi movies with a lot of time stuff happening, I understand yeah, what's happening. But the... Tenet is exactly is a very good um example. Yes, but Arrival, another good example. But this is this just <laughs> seems non. Pirates of the Caribbean or Tenet or whatever, it might be convoluted, but you can understand it once you kind of break it down and you understand what people's motivations are and you understand what the characters are trying to do. Right. I don't understand what any of the characters are trying to do here. Right. I understand what Sidious is trying to do, ultimately, but I don't understand how this path of events is going to help him do it. Sure. Sidious goes, kill them all. Or kill them immediately. Is talking about killing Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon Jinn. So they have a drone blow up the ship that they came in on. And they flood the room with some type of gas. Yep. And <clears throat> I guess they wait five seconds. And the Viceroy is just like, they must be dead by now. And I said it in the most non-stereotypical way I could have. That... It sounds he... like an old um, karate movie, or like um, taekwondo movie, whatever they, whatever. Like a you dubbing. Know what yeah. yeah. A Japanese exploitation kind of thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think that's what they're going for. I think that is what they're trying to do. Yeah, that, I think that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I just, uh, that part bugged me. 
because it just but seems they, so weird. They like, open so, the, like too much, too much. They open the door. And they have all these like chicken droids. They're gonna kill them. Which in the documentary and in the Plinket Review and everywhere, you have George Lucas saying that you know that these droids are kind of useless. The Jedi just cut through them like butter. Which right. I have a problem even in like the MCU when you have. I mean, they're not. They're not little droids. Don't like. I'm thinking of like Age of Ultron, yes. where it's like you have all these Ultrons just getting you know blown uh, blown up and stuff, and it's like it takes the stakes out of it when it's not. When the character doesn't have to care that they're taking something out because it's right. just a droid, like right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't like it in that movie That's why either. I didn't like Ms. Marvel. Period. Well, she's taking out. I don't remember. Yeah, what she's but out. she had no flaws, so it didn't matter. Okay, but that's a different. That's a different problem. I'm talking about like. Well, neither do any of the Jedi. The Jedi <laughs> have no flaws, do they? None of them have any. No one in this movie has a character. Okay, <laughs> so it's not like this isn't this isn't just the Jedi's problem. No, it's true. It's true. The only character in this movie is Darth fucking Sidious, and he and he doesn't really have and and. Back up, back up. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Keep going. So then there's the what's wrong with your face thing shows up and says that they've gotten into the ventilation shaft. Now, I'm not going to say what's wrong with your face, but what is wrong with this thing's face? Like, what is this thing wearing? I forgot what it looked like. Plinkett says that maybe it's like, you know, it got it from smoking too much or something. But Oh, oh, wait, wait. Okay. It looks like it has goggles on and, like, a breather for uh, a scuba tank. Yes, exactly. Yes. Why? Oh, wait, wait, maybe that's because of the gas. So it's literally a breather, right? But they're not in that room. They're on, like, the the deck. Yeah, what's wrong with your face? I don't understand. (laughs) Why are you wearing that? (laughs) Why are you wearing that? I mean, that's a very small problem, but because it's such a famous thing, I felt like we had to mention God. it. All I had what's to do was type in what's face? wrong with your face, and it immediately came up. Do you know that? It's amazing. Because it is. It's a very famous thing. So, anyway, they charge to the, the deck, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon do. Qui-Gon ends up trying to cut through this door. And Viceroy tries to make it even harder for them to get through the door. And Qui-Gon's trying to cut through the door with his lightsaber, and he takes it out. And while they're doing this, Obi-Wan's taking out a bunch of droids that are coming through. And they end up getting to a point where they take out, where the Viceroy, I don't don't want to call them Nemoidians, because it's like such a hard word to say. So I'm just going to call them Viceroy's. But the viceroys, or like the Asian I feel like lizards, the viceroys or are worse than saying Nemoidian. Well, whatever. Vi- viceroids makes me stop for a second. Yeah, because you're not even saying it right. It's viceroy. Well, one of my favorite things. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say this while you're taking a pause in the action here. So I asked Rachel when we were trying to schedule when we were going to record, and I, I asked her, "Did you watch the movie?" I basically have to rewatch it and take notes. Her response was as follows. I watched it yesterday. Just awful. Need to watch it again. I was legitimately confused. It's like a haiku. It's like a poem. <laughs> it is almost like a poem. It sounds like a poem. <laughs> it's a very sad poem. 
As I was saying, they, they're cutting through the wall, Qui-Gon is, and they bring out these other droids. And these droids have shields on them. So they're like firing like rapid fire at Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Sure. Yeah. And six minutes in. Go on. We are six minutes in. <laughs> We're six. We are six minutes in. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, man. So they decide that they can't do anything about this. They can't take out these weird things. So they decide that they're going to, uh, I guess, just zip past to get away from the whatever, the thing. And I was legitimately like, I laughed because it was like the stupidest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they move so fast and it looks so stupid because they like, they like go like. (laughs) It's like up and it's gone. Yep. Now this is going to come back to, to mean something later because they show that they can do this crazy like zip. Yes. But they never do that again. Right. So it's like, what's, what is, what is happening? Why is this happening? They zip past, and what's wrong with your face tells them that they went into the ventilation shaft. And it looks really fake and stupid because they come out of the ventilation shaft, and it's, like, clearly, yeah. like, this, like, bad CGI because it's, like, in the background kind of a thing. Right. But they determine that they're, that an invasion of Naboo is going to happen, and they decide they figure that out because, like, there's all these, like, droid soldiers, these droid army soldiers yes. that are down there. They decide... That they have to go warn the Naboo. Qui-Gon does. Okay. So he makes this plan to stow away on separate ships for some reason, although that never comes to mean anything. Why would you stow away on separate ships? I don't... And I, they're guess, gonna... I guess hoping that one of them is closer to the Oh, gets closer to the people? All right, I'll I give guess? you that. I guess? Yeah. They will regroup when they get on the planet so that they can warn the Naboo. Okay. Is good, everybody... good good plan. Uh, make sure to mark your, your watches. Let's do this. Every, uh, insert Rick Moranis going, everybody got that from Spaceballs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everybody got that? We cut away from this to Padme. So here's our introduction to Padme Amidala, right. the queen of Naboo, who's bragging to the Viceroy that he's basically being a dick and she has the, the Senate on her side. Right. So the Senate is going to make you negotiate. <laughs> You're going to have to stop doing this. What they're doing or why they're doing it, we had never learned, I don't think. Sure. But we wipe away from that really quickly. Like that, like, like she's there and she's gone. Like yeah, we that just conversation wipe away was really very, quickly. very quick. But we do kind of see Padme. So I guess we can describe what Padme looks like. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you want to describe Padme? Because you did that, oh boy. Well, okay, so they make her very geisha-like, honestly. Yeah, I in think the that's face. the look. So yeah. it's like, it's it's all white makeup and like the the lip is like, they do the, the little red bit on the lip. And then her outfits or her costumes are very elaborate. Very... Which they have a they have a whole thing about the costumes in the in the doc in the like the behind the scenes stuff, and they're, but it's not like she has one look and she's the queen, right? So this is the queen's look, and that's the way it goes. Her headpiece, her 
everything is just a lot. It's a lot. I don't. Yeah. Is the rest of the but nobody else of the people do this, right? It's just a royalty thing. No, it's just thing. the queen. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a like royalty, royalty thing. thing. I don't know if it's supposed to be like. I think if you're right about it being Geisha. I was wondering if it was like a Queen Elizabeth or like that type of time frame thing. Oh, that like was... where they have like the big collars. Yeah, and like... and like they always wore like a light, like a lot of white powder. But like Queen Elizabeth also... wore a lot of white powder because she if, was. If you hideous. go with like the French, the French government, they did wear a lot of white, white but... uh, makeup. Right, but it wasn't a lot of that because, like, Queen Elizabeth did it because she had smallpox as a hid and was notoriously ugly. Yeah, so they were ugly. hiding, they were but hiding like, diseases. Yeah, because yeah, like, they're all they were, inbred they were, and gross. No, it, it was all the, like, the, their livers were all failing and stuff like that, so because they were all yellow, I think they changed uh, it to a white. I don't know. It was... So maybe that's the idea behind it, too, but... And she talks very like, much the, the sickness. Viceroy, the Senate is on my side, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Viceroy... You're going to fall at this one with my throne. Yeah, she's t- she sad. keeps a very stoic face. No emotion. Which sucks, because there's no emotion. You can there's never no tell. You can never tell what her opinion is. She, is. is she upset in this moment? I don't know. Is she, like, happy? No idea. Again, is this just a very political royalty thing? Where well, they I'll have to, to have a I have deep a, I have a They have to I have a, a specific way of speaking. I mean, again, with Queen Elizabeth, she did drop her voice octaves as she was the queen so that people would take her more seriously. I have a theory as to why, too, there could, it could be a monotone voice. But, but, I, but you're, you might be honest. Is it, it's, oh, oh, I, I, I guess I should. Uh, is it because she's not herself half oh, the spo- movie? Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I just, it's no, just we, a, we mentioned it. We mentioned it in the odd. behind the scenes part. But yeah, I know. Then I wrote down. So that, so then we get. Is that supposed the, to be your hair? I don't think it's actually her hair. I think it's supposed to be like an extension of it. Like it's her hair is not style. that long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they took horse hair that was brown, and they were like, oh, we'll weave, like, this big thing. It'll make you look like your hair's, like, super poofy or something. I don't know. I just, I can't tell what the, the look is. It's kind of like the the dinosaur that opens up its, its like, sides. <laughs> the Dilophosaurus? Yeah, the Dilophosaurus. The one that spits at you, you know? But she has a different outfit on in every scene. Yeah, this is true. So we get a bunch of, I guess, what it would be considered the Naboo government. And they're discussing the blockade. And we get a look in hologram form of Senator Palpatine. And, oh, so what's going on down there? Because Palpatine is on Coruscant, which is the, I don't know, the capital city of the of the Galactic Republic. So he's not there with them. And he gets right. kind of cut out. Now... I'm going to say this here because it's the first time that you see Palpatine. Yes. And there was once, and I can't remember what I saw this on. I think it might have been that one weird Reddit page that does, like, the prequel memes. Those, like, people that, like, actually truly do love these movies. And someone posed a question. When did you first realize that Palpatine, spoiler alert, is Darth Sidious? And I could only think, like, were you five years old when you watched this movie? Because it's fucking obvious that it's Darth Sidious. Because they have the same fucking voice and the same mannerisms. 
They're not trying to hide it from you. I don't think yeah. that George Lucas is trying to hide that this is Darth Sidious, right? I mean, Palpatine does act a little bit more weaselly. Oh, he is. He definitely acts kind of weaselly. He, he's he's manipulating the entire time, which right. I mean, he is the Phantom Menace, unless you're one of these weirdos is that thinks that Jar Jar is. Yes, yes. I thought it he's was the Phantom um, Menace. I thought it was the horns. Oh, Darth Maul. Red guy. Darth Maul. No, he's not. He's not the Phantom Menace because he's not behind the scenes. He's not the puppet master. That's the true. puppet master is Darth Sidious. So he is the. Yes, unless you believe the Jar Jar is a Sith theory, which don't get me fucking started. I kind kind of would rather that be the movie. (laughs) Yes, of course you would, because it's a good idea, but that's not what's in this fucking movie. I just feel like the Phantom Menace himself is not in this movie often enough for me to know that that's what the movie is about. I'm dead honest about that, because I really, quite honestly, did not understand the title well, of the movie and it how it went with <laughs> this whole thing with going on a speed race and and talking to Jar Jar Binks and yes. his friends and company right. and then ending up because with there's just, like it doesn't there's so many like we're going to go here we're going to go there we're going to go here and it has nothing to do with the main plot to your point I I was serious I didn't know if it was supposed to be Darth Maul or if it literally is Senator Palpatine and his little puppeteering in the background. Because there is none. So we're not even (laughs) ten minutes into this movie yet. Nope. The Federation invade. So the one guy with the big, like, handlebar, like, hipster mustache is like, it's an invasion, I tell you. We're going to be invaded. And Padme's like, I'm not going to do anything that's going to lead us to war. So they invade the planet. The Federation invades the planet with what I guess is just a private army. Because there's no way that this is, like, a sanctioned army. Because it's called the Trade Federation, right? Like, it's the East India Company. Not to compare it to Pirates of the Caribbean again, but, like, it's the no, East yeah. India Company. Like, They're it's just not the trading a, company. Not They're not the ones with... state. Exactly. So they just have this private army? Seems odd. Seems I mean, weird that a, they would have I a private it's... army. I, maybe not. See, I, mean, I feel like that government might be up to something themselves. Do you think... You know? I mean, Jeff Bezos probably has a private army of, of droids. I'm sure, I bet Jeff Bezos has you know droids what? that look like 100%. the droids in this movie. Yeah. 100%. And if he doesn't, Mark Zuckerberg definitely does. Oh, yeah. One and of the two of them. If he doesn't. Elon Musk. Oh, God, yes. Definitely does. He's taking his army to the moon. <laughs> yes. I actually believe that. I would believe that the whole reason he's trying to get to the moon is so that he can put his droid army on it and he can actually make a blockade around the Earth. Oh my yes. god, he's doing Phantom Menace in real life. He's Phantom Menacing. He's Phantom Menacing! But I think in this situation, he is Newt Gunray. And oh yeah, like, 100%. I don't he's know. He's definitely Newt. Maybe Jeff Bezos he's some sort is of more... Newt. I don't know who the Darth Sidious is in this, but maybe it's Jeff Bezos? I guess it has to be a senator. So pick None your senator, are... folks, and that's... <laughs> pick that's, a senator. You know, that's, that's fine. City. That works. That's fine, whatever. Whichever senator. All politicians are evil, it's fine. (laughs) So the Federation invade the planet, and they choose to land in some random forest, I guess so that they know they can land on it, but we're told that the Naboo don't really have an army, they just have volunteers, so they probably could have just landed 
right outside the city anyway. Straight into the gap, right straight to the capital. I wrote that some of the effects do still look good, but it may as well be kind of cartoony. Like there's just a lot of CGI in this. I think that's my problem was it's a little too cartoony. And a little too much CGI. You don't get as much like Uncanny Valley, but though, or even like even that. right now in like the movies, currently, I get kind of upset when they don't yeah, me too. use makeup 100%. and they don't use do practical unless it's totally impractical to do practical. Right. So I wrote down why don't they just run quickly through the forest like when we saw them zip from the you know, every door. Every time you say that with the zipping, it just reminds me of Twilight. And how fast the... Yeah, that's what it looked like. That is what it looked like. A conveyor belt they built in the forest. Yeah. And what happens here is there's this bumbling oaf that's about to be run over by one of these, like, big tanker things that the Federation has. And Qui-Gon's like, get out of the way. Come on, get out of the way. Go right to left. Get out of the way. And he doesn't. So Qui-Gon just shoves him over and saves his life. And we, we, we learn that this character is Jar Jar... Binks, who, not to steal from Rift Tracks, but it's the perfect description of him, is if Satan designed Roger Rabbit. He is this tall lizard thing. He's, like, pink. And he has big ears. Like, ears that, like, go down to his waist. I think those are his ears. Yeah, he's got floppy ears. Yeah. Yeah. And he he nips up which so he's got a little bit of wrestling in him. He does like a Shawn Michaels move. Yeah, he does. And and Qui-Gon says this great thing back to him where cuz like he says something like Misa can talk or whatever. And Qui-Gon says Rachel cringed. I didn't even do the voice. And I know. Rachel... It's just I hate hearing him talk. It's just awful. And Qui-Gon says back to him just because you can the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. I want to say that to somebody at some point. That's a that, great it, line. That, you know what? That's the best thing to come out of this entire movie. Folks that line home, right there. If you really want to insult someone, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's just a beautiful thing to say. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. And I said here that it's so easy to miss this stuff. The first <clears> time <throat> I watched it, I completely missed the fact that Jar Jar is like, Yusa saved me life! Misa indebted to you! Like, right. I, I missed all of that. So, like, yes. apparently, Jar Jar thinks that he's indebted to be Qui-Gon's servant. I guess, like, his servant, yeah. It, it's so quick to miss some of this shit. And Well, I mean, when you can't really understand how what Jar Jar is saying, yeah. Oh, my that's God. That's part of it. I couldn't understand half of the crap was coming out of his mouth. I don't know what half of the stuff he said. It I could think, have been... Okay, question. Was he trying to do a Yoda, but different? Different sounding, like you know how Yoda talks backwards. So there's, mm, there's some schools of thought on this. We might as well talk about it. There is a contention of people that think that this was kind of a racist depiction. Well, hundred percent, yes, but that's not my point. Like I think <laughs> <laughs> we've already discussed that. We know there's a lot of racism in this movie. But what was his intent? <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, I guess that he could have been just trying to do, like, some sort of weird-ass accent with it. Okay. I mean, people think that it's, like, supposed to be, like, a take on, like, a minstrel show. Like, that's how, you know, minstrel. like a mammy type of thing. So, for the folks that don't know, if you kind of Google the history of minstrel shows, it was, like, a, where, a lot like, blackface comes in and stuff like that. So it would okay. be a lot of like, a, oh, lordy type of 
talk. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, saying like Misa, not... like I think that's kind yeah. of like a like a Misa kind of comes from Misa, that. Misa is in Queen Targaryen. I cannot think of her name. Daenerys Targaryen. That's Misa? Misha. That is, oh, Misha. is Misha. I thought it was Misha. Misa. I thought it was an S. Misha. There's an H in there. I didn't know that. It always sounds like Misa. Maybe I they got it from Misa maybe mother. maybe George R got it from. Uh, George L. Oh, good lord. This movie makes so, me feel stupid. Yeah, Phantom Menace is making you feel stupid. Well, let's get to Rogue stupid. One where you feel like you have, or you're having a whole conniption, okay? That's let's... right. <laughs> Obi-Wan's reaction to Jar Jar Binks is pretty great. Rachel, if you With want to take tail. a... Yeah. If you want to take a pause in the podcast just to hear his reaction again, because he just goes... What's this? What's this? It's like this disgust. He's like disgusted by the presence of Jar Jar Binks. I think he's trying to do like a, oh, what's this? Like, but it sounds that is like not a, how he says it. How is I, this? That's probably Actually, how you know George what? wrote the it. The way these two treat Jar Jar, it is definitely a what the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's like. I don't understand how we're supposed to be endeared to Jar Jar when I don't know if these are our main characters or not, but the two characters that we know so far are like, the fuck is this thing? They're like telling <laughs> like, why us are to we be disgusted to by them. Right. So like, why, why did George think that like we're supposed to be like find him endearing? Right. Like, oh, he's so lovable. I want one. When no. They should be trying to get rid of him at all costs. <laughs> So Qui Gon calls him you a know local. What the prob- you know what the problem is? <laughs> We're not Sorry. even fifteen minutes in. We are not even fifteen minutes in. Go on. We're never gonna get this done. I'm gonna want to just go to bed. I We're feel like re- We're gonna pick it up with in the, the morning. original with with the original movies, there was maybe he's trying to do a Wookiee. Okay, but like a a Wookiee that actually speaks English. I think he's trying to do a Wookiee for kids, yes. Okay. Because he, um, he wants this to be a kid's character. He thinks that this that kids I think would think this I is think funny. I think it's a smash-up, then, of C-3PO and a Wookiee. And that's Jar Jar, right? Well, in, in George Lucas's mind. I think that's, like, what he's thinking, right? But there is no R2-D2, who tends to mock everyone. Yeah, R two D two is an instigator. He's a uh, he's the Bugs right. Bunny of the of the. So there, the cast. but there, so there is no R two D two. So right now there is just like this character that oh R two shows up later. Eternally. The queen cleans him <laughs> for no reason. Folks, you can't you can't see, but when I said that, <laughs> Rachel did this thing with with her hand when she's like, hold on. It was one of those like hold on hands, but she set did it with like such disdain of like. Let me finish. <laughs> this movie, we need to, do you understand all, do you all understand why this needs to be the last episode of the season? Because if we did this at any point other during the season, our brains would melt. I think I we would have, have to, quit. we have to have a break. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. No, I, my whole, my whole point is that if you want a character that is aloof, you know, very dumb, if you will, you kind of need another character to balance it out. And I feel like there isn't one because none of these characters have personalities and or anything. Or agency. Just anything. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. No one no one reacts to Jar Jar. 
He just does There's no things. balance. Right. Yeah. It's just happening. The reaction yeah. tends to just be a roll of the eyes, and you don't even notice it because it's not really a reaction to him. Yeah. I, that's it's like a he's good just point. cut in. Yeah, he just does things. So a lot of the a lot of the plot is moved along by Jar Jar, which I think is why people think or there's that theory about Jar Jar being a Sith. But he's Well the thing is if 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 they're playing a uh a, a scary movie here and Doofy all of a sudden takes off his mask and is like the evil genius behind the entire thing, cool. Holy crap, you just you got me because I had no idea that was gonna happen. Okay. But it did. Well, I I think it's a fun theory, but I I do not think that that was the intention. No, all. absolutely I, not. I really do not. And no, if you haven't watched that video, Rachel, like that, there's like a, I think there's a, I think it's on YouTube, like somebody breaking down like why Jar Jar could be a Sith, and it's it's a little it's, it's isn't it a satire? It's just tongue tongue in cheek. I, don't I think, they're think the guy might have been doing it as a satire, and then it took off, and like now people think it, it's like any other conspiracy theory. It's that oops, I I made something up as a joke and now people take it seriously right because there's a lot of holes in it yeah if you look at some of the actions that jar jar takes but if you look at everything he does he's just a bumbling idiot he's just a fucking moron and he's a fucking moron to his people like it's not like all of the gungans are idiots jar jar is a fucking idiot yeah they didn't even want him there they cast him out because they couldn't stand him they cast him out. We're going to find out in a few minutes, even though we're only 12 minutes in. We're going to find out that they cast him out because he's just too well, much. Well, I think he was lying. I don't know what he did because they were going to arrest him. They tried they to arrest him. They were going to kill him. They're like, oh my God, there he is. Murder this man. Chop you his head what? off. We're killing him. He came back. I don't think it's him. just because he's clumsy. I think he did something horrific there. And I, I kind of want to know says, that. I think he says when they're he in He says those... it's because he's clumsy. No, and then, he like, broke in the something. speeder. He's yeah, he broke something. I think he killed people. I think he broke. I think something he killed. I think he people. did like mass murder by accident, apparently. Yeah. But I maybe yes. he didn't. Maybe he wanted them dead. I don't know. He could, he could be, be an evil set. genius for all I know. I have no idea. I don't understand the character because it has no development. So, <sighs> Jar Jar tells them that the there's a safe place that they could go to Gungan City. They be like, oh, all right, well, we'll go there. And then Jar Jar's like, oh, no, Misa can't go there. And it's like, well, you fucking brought it up, you goddamn idiot. <laughs> I just... Why would so... he bring up a place that he can't go that's not safe for him? He's a fucking moron, that's if why. The... <laughs> Battery saw, saw an opportunity. That's right, to These get back. These two yeah. will get me back into this place. Because he's actually a genius. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Dexter so they tell boy genius here. They t- <laughs> got a genius over here. So they tell Jar Jar that the choice to go to the city is better, and now suddenly we're diving into the water. So if you have not watched the movie multiple times, or if Rachel, I cannot imagine you had any idea what the hell was going on. We're just going from place to place, from scene to scene. And like, think about the original Star right. Wars. It's very clear what everyone's motivations are. You have one start, you go to one location, and then you get a little bit more characters, and you stay in that location, and you get a little bit more development, and maybe you go back to the second or third location. But there is nothing Mm -hmm. like this where you're going from spot to spot, 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 spot. There's so much going on and nothing going on at the same time. And a lot of dialogue with with not enough Uh, actually doing something. 
why does Obi-Wan have a rat tail? Because all just... the Padawans have rat tails. I don't know why. I just hate I it. I think it's... I think it's supposed to be like a like if you were in like a. Um... You're not Dothraki getting a braid, okay? This is stupid. Yeah, but I think that I think that's the well, idea. Then, okay, it's like what a feudal. Is it, what is it supposed to look like, like then when Japan you become an actual thing? Jedi? Because you cut it off. But then, you get to but cut this it off one's hair is longer than hell. Yeah, because when you become a Jedi Knight, you you don't have to wear the rat tail anymore. You get to do whatever you want. Somebody said he was a Jedi Knight in the opening, so I don't understand why he has a rat tail. Stupid. Yes, that's right. We, you did do that, George Lucas. You did. Uh, anyways, I'm sorry. So, so for some reason, the Jedi's have things to be able to breathe underwater. Yeah, that was interesting. They just have those on them. They don't have like a utility yeah. belt. Yeah. So, like, why did? The, well, it must be in their robes. So, that's two a things lot of about stuff this. to keep in their robes. Then they already have their like lightsaber, and they have this breather. And now, what else are they gonna have in there? I was trying to figure out why they have this thing batarangs? to be able to breathe underwater. Maybe they have a battery. I don't know. <laughs> no. Do they have the things to, like, to, to, to <gasps> Oh, my God. Underwater? Do they have those in their pockets? I think they Cause did. Because the, the Padme's crew later on does that. Two things about this. One is, why did they have these underwater things on a mission when they were going to a spaceport? They were going to a spaceship. They thought right. it was going to be like a simple negotiation. And the second thing is... Do they always is, have to be ready for water? I and It's I, like the one thing I you can't move as a, as a Jedi with your mind. Was Noah a Jedi and he was able to part the waters? Like, I don't understand. That's a hell of an idea. <laughs> and I think you meant Moses, by the way. I said Noah. <laughs> God damn it. I ruined it. <laughs> Just put you saying Moses. <laughs> Moses. And just cut <laughs> that there. The second thing about this is they go in with these heavy ass robes on. Oh, yeah. Underwater. Talk about like taking your time and that dragging. Would, that would be difficult. Like, I would imagine just get rid of the robe part and you just have like the white tunic on underneath, right? Yeah. Like, what's Which wrong with fine. that? Yeah, I, I don't under I don't like just wear the just wear your tunic. I guess because you have all this crap in your robes, you need to take them with just in case you. Yeah, but now you're truly weighing yourself down when you're swimming through the water, to this underwater city. Why do they live underwater? They don't can Jar Jar breathe underwater? I think they're amphibious. Okay. So yes, I think Jar Jar can breathe underwater. Yes. They're kind of like frogs. And, okay. Or yeah, so Toads. Rift Tracks has this guess. So Riftrex has this great line Newts. about um, seeing the <laughs> seeing the business end of America's most loathsome character, because you just get a crotch shot of Jar Jar as we're swimming down to the oh Gungan City, and then they enter the Windows screensaver bubble, and there's a whole city of Jar Jars. Yep. Now I will give it this: it looks pretty good. It's interesting. It looks good. Here's the lost city it's of Atlantis. A, it's a very interesting design. Yeah. It looks good. I thought it looks pretty good. Here comes another one. And just in case we thought that Jar Jar was the only one that talked this way, we get some guy on a camel thing, horse thing. He tells Jar Jar that he's in big doo-doo this time. Yeah, the the childish words doesn't really make me understand the cultural race that is the Jar Jars. 
Gungans. Gungans. Or Gungas, or whatever George accidentally called them when he, he didn't know what to call them. So they say they're going to take them to the bosses. Wait, I just noticed something. God, this movie is very racist against Asian people. The, yeah. The Gungan has a Fu Manchu. Oh, does he? With oh, his... that's interesting. I didn't Wait, realize that. The frog? Me... Oh, no. The guy on the horse. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the Gungans are supposed to also be Asian. I don't know, but look at his mouth. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I was thinking catfish, I... and then I went, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, maybe it is supposed but to be But maybe like it's a catfish. A catfish. <laughs> I thought it was more like a Hulk Hogan-style Fu Manchu. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like I, true. Like, that's, no, no, that's that, what I thought Yeah, that's, yeah. So, uh, uh, going against the southern people, then, I see. No, just like Venice Beach. He's Florida. He's Tampa Bay. He's Floridian. Bay. Oh, <laughs> going yes. against Floridians. Yes, Hulk Hogan is definitely a that Floridian. That makes sense. That makes sense suddenly now. Rachel's life has makes <laughs> suddenly Rachel <laughs> understands the phantom menace she gets usual suspects now can I ask you this I like before the usual we move suspects. on 15 minutes into this movie and probably two hours into this podcast were you more confused about this movie yes. or the usual suspects no this okay usual suspects I understood I, I kind of got it right I kind of figured it out this just awful it's the only way I could describe it. I just don't understand. I, I just didn't. So, <laughs> suddenly, we are in front of a fat frog who talks like an idiot, too. Just in a slightly different way. And... That's kind of how he talks. And Well, you almost sounded hear... like Jabba the Hutt. I know. And... It, it's He's kind of close to Jabba. He's kind of yeah, like Jabba, Jabba talks a little bit more intelligently, though. That's true. He does. This one's like, Lisa! Like, that's that's this frog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who it's racist against. But it well, you know what's weird is that he, do- he doesn't look like the rest of the Gungans. That's what I don't understand either. He's a big, fat frog. No, no Gungans... I think that maybe this is another hit to royalty. Because back then, right, if you were fat, you were rich. I, maybe that's so what's maybe happening here. You think that the Gungan city has some serfdom going on? I think it might. And uh, it's and the only Boss thing that makes Nass, sense. The, the corpulent lizard is taking a lot of. Uh... He says they don't care about the Naboo. <laughs> I hate oh, the... that. <laughs> oh no! When he does that, I wrote, "Oh my god, this fucking frog!" That was my reaction to him doing the shaking his face and spittle well, coming out that must be his thing right is he doing like uh is he is he nixon oh you think it's like a you think it's a character quirk i'm I just trying, trying to, to understand <laughs> i was trying oh, to figure out if it was a character quirk. i can't tell <laughs> that's interesting i thought it was a cultural thing like spitting to spitting on the floor to like as a sign of peace like i didn't know what the hell it was but he's the only I one thought... who does it He's the only one with cheeks. Because the rest of them have, like, beaks. Yeah, they all have beaks. His so beaks uh, got jowls on him. Yeah, he's got some jowls. This, oh, this this guy's got some jowls on him. I don't... I just don't... Hmm. So Qui-Gon has no ethics. He's using the Jedi mind trick. He uses the Jedi mind trick all over the fucking place. 
He's lo- he's using the trick to get a speeder. He's using a trick <clears throat> to be able to take Jar Jar with him. Right. He's he's such a liar and a cheat using this Jedi mind trick. And I know that Obi-Wan uses the Jedi mind trick like right away in A New Hope. But there's a But there's an actual it, reason. He uses, he uses it. it against a stormtrooper. <clears throat> right. And he uses it so a that they can guy. keep like uh, yeah, a bad guy so that they can keep undercover. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon don't know what the problem is yet. They don't know what the extent of the issue is. They don't know what the extent of the invasion is or whatever. So he's using this Jedi mind trick against just this big fat frog. <laughs> like he's And because he's using it against this fat frog, you know he's using it all the fucking time. Oh yeah, he must be because it's just like, oh, I don't have time for this. Jedi mind trick. Oh, I don't have time for this Jedi mind trick. That's literally how I I take his character. Is he's just like so. I just feel like <laughs> I'm trying to think of a word that describes him, and there isn't one. No, you're he right. just feel it's like perplexing. he has like such disdain for everything mm-hmm. and everyone around him that it's just like I don't have time for you. Get out of my way. You know, like that's what he comes. Way. I need to get to the queen so that I can warn her about the Federation. Jar Jar decides that. He basically convinces Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan to take him with. But then he kind of is against it because he's like, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this regularly, but this is how he says it in his voice. Yep. Okay, ready? Beta dead here, den in decor. Because what we learn is that you have to, the easiest way to get to Naboo is through the planet core. So they have to go through the planet to get to Naboo. Which means... But isn't it the planet Naboo? I guess like the city that they're trying okay. to get to or whatever. So that means that Newt Gunray and company landed on the opposite side of the fucking planet. Oh my god, they did. And they're just it's walking on the surface? So this is why it takes well, so damn long for this entire movie to keep going. Is He's like, oh, crap, I landed on the wrong side of the, the planet. It's that, or they, or they swam for hours. The Jedi did, or it's a small planet. Like maybe it's just, a, it's just a tiny planet. So they take this stingray thing down into the sea, and this is where we learn that they banished Jar Jar for being clumsy. But he obviously did something more than that. And then there's like stupid scenes where, <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't call them stupid scenes. There's pointless scenes where these fish are trying to trying to catch them, and then there's like a bigger fish that catches that one. Oh, I love the line too. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, fuck you, Qui Gon. <laughs> and he does. Yeah, he's kind of like he's not up. like a scared. He's not like oh crap, we gotta get away from this thing. It's gonna eat us. He's just like mm, there's just always a bigger fish. Whatever. Because <laughs> they're oh, Jedi, this... they've seen. Oh it all. yeah, this Don't is know. happening now. Oh, okay. Well, that's how I feel about this entire movie. Is. <laughs> guess this is happening now. <laughs> That's a good way. That's probably your best tagline for this. Is, so I guess this is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> the music this whole time is really uninspired. I don't remember it. Like, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, uh, it's not a great score up to this point. We'll get to a good part of the score because there is a, there is a memorable part of the score, but at this point it's not. So they're flying through the middle of the planet, going through the sea, and we go back to the donut you know, hole with the Trade Federation. That's what they were doing. I, yeah. I feel like I didn't watch this movie. That's what's going and on. I feel so... 
Well, part of what the beauty is of shelf life, while we encourage you to watch all of the or read or whatever we're doing so that you can enjoy it with us and you can enjoy, you know, this with us, we're telling you the story in our own way, right? Like that is what shelf life is, Rachel. Oh, so yeah. we're telling the story for the generations out there that when George decides, I, you know, I decided I just don't want the Phantom Menace to be around. Well, I guess he can't now because of Disney owns it. But that's right. If you haven't seen the Phantom Menace and you're just listening to Shelf Life to enjoy our rants and raves about it, we're still telling you the story of it. And this you is probably true. will. If you go back and watch Phantom Menace, you might gain a little more of appreciation. Yeah, maybe for it, I, I could actually watch it after this and I'd understand. Like, what like I'm I watching. truly, I truly do hope that after we go through this, as much fun as we're having with this, if you go back and watch it again, maybe you get something more out of it. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping. Like, I, I, I truly do. Oh, that is the dome I hope. So Sir- Sidious, I almost call him Sirius. Sidious tells well, he's them... he's not Sirius Black. Franchise. That's fine. <laughs> he's better. Sidious tells them that they will have control of the system because he's got, like, the Senate under his thumb or whatever. Yeah. And Viceroy thinks that Amidala has the Senate, but they don't tell him about the Jedi to not upset him because they, they don't want to upset him that the Jedi got away. And yeah. then suddenly we go back to the fucking ship again, to the Jedi and Jar Jar. We just go back and forth so much. There's no time to breathe. But then nothing <sighs> is happening. I kind of want to re-edit the movie and see if I can get it to to make more sense just from some well, edit changes there are funny you should say that rachel because there is something called like the phantom edit out there oh my god really which, i have to watch this yeah and there are so there are fan edits of this movie that try to make it better or worse depending if you really love this movie it might maybe it makes it worse for you true i wrote down here i cannot understand half of jar jar's dialogue do not know what he's saying i should I have turned the, wonder, i usually turn talking. the captions on i didn't turn the captions on right i have no idea what he's saying and at some point in here, Qui-Gon, like, Vulcan neck pinches him because he, like, yes! pinches him and he tells him to, like, calm down. Right. And then suddenly Jar Jar's, like, drunk. Oh, oh. Yeah, he's, and, like, like, half dead sitting there and, because and, he says you pinched him too much. Like, he... Yeah, and Obi-Wan <laughs> says, like, you did it too much or something like that. He's like, I don't care. Like, he just doesn't care. He's like, if I killed him, it doesn't matter. No, I would just throw him out of the ship. this thing. Why, Why did they, they take him with him? him? Why doesn't he just Jedi mind trick him to stay away? Yeah, you could easily Jedi, or just Jedi mind trick him, give you the directions. Right. Because, like, the whole point is that he's a navigator. I don't know. He's so, a navigator? Yeah, that's what. That's why they brought him with, to navigate them through the sea. Oh, okay, I get I Okay, okay. Yeah. But why didn't, I don't know. So, the droid army reaches the Naboo capital city, and it clearly is supposed to look kind of like when the Nazis took over Paris. There's that imagery there with like the droids kind of like lined up and like the mm-hmm. in, like through the streets, right? And we learn that they captured the queen, so they've taken over the yeah. But we didn't even get to see it. It, it. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like is is happening in the background, and we're getting to see the after effects of it. And I want to yes. see it happen. Why can't you right. show me you storming the castle and like? grabbing her and capturing the queen and like taking them to your leader why are you just going oh we have her now well and i think that's part of the problem of this movie is that they're focused on the wrong things because they're not showing you the plot right they're showing you just i don't know what they're showing you dialogue they're just showing me dialogue (sighs) yeah but the dialogue, yeah, but but you're missing the dialogue. Yeah, like, but I don't like understand so the dialogue undercut. either. Yeah. Maybe the queen thinks, like, let's not 
escalate this because mm. I've got the Senate. So the Senate is so just going to tell hold, them, like, stop hold, the blockade. Because they're not going to yeah. kill me. Yeah, maybe that's her thing. It's like, you know what? Just let's let the Senate tell them, like, you got to stop this, I guess. Yeah. So that, But they're droids. Like, who fucking cares? But whatever. So <gasps> Kevin, they're living. Okay. They're living so, but like You should be even, nice to them. No, even in the original Star Wars, they're kind of just like, they're they're cannon fodder. I don't know. They seem to think like R2-D2 and C-3PO. They act like they're human. In this movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those are the only two, though, that they act like that. Yep. I find that interesting. And they only, and they only they act do. like those two like that because we know who those because two are. Because we know who they are. Because those two have characters. Yeah. Because <laughs> they actually have a like a, some type of personality. It looks like the planet has natural resources. Right. So why is it so, like, oh, your people are going to suffer? Wouldn't it take some time? Okay. We've lived in the pandemic world. Yes. We're living in a world right now where the supply chain is really effed up. It's oh, not yeah, like absolutely. It's not like blockades or anything like that. No, but stuff but is we've just lived stuck in, out in the ocean. In the 70s, like there was a problem with trade and, and and like a true true problem. Right. And I don't know if people were like immediately suffering. Like I'm sure that there were some issues, but sure. I don't know if it happens like that. Yeah, but like you have an entire planet. You literally have like the planet Earth, okay? And let's just pretend. Well, we don't know how hold big on, Nibiru hold on. is. Okay, then we're on Venus. Whatever, I don't care. I'm just trying to say... Venus is just like Earth. It's the size of Earth. Which one's smaller, then? Mars is smaller. Mars is smaller. We'll go with Mars. Okay, let's say we're, we, have, we are now on Mars, okay? And we... <laughs> so unnecessary. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, no, here's my point. So... Batman's a size. Let's just pretend Earth is as small as Mars, okay? And we are now in some weird trade battle with Jupiter and Saturn, okay? I don't know why, but we are, because taxes. And... Because the Trade Federation of Jupiter, the Trade Federation of Jupiter is on our butts, okay? A lot of people don't realize that there's a Trade Federation on Jupiter. Right. People that's, forget that's what that, that. big I is. It, it's the Trade Federation. Anyways, we're on Earth, and they're saying, okay, now no more trade with the rest of the universe until, like, the taxes, right? Okay. Well, is Earth in such a dire need of trade with another planet that things are going to hell? Or are we just acting like it's normal and we're just kind of waiting until we can get that cool space rock from Pluto? I don't know. I don't so understand. Are you... Are you... Are you potentially implying that there's already, like, a depression going on there on the There must be, right? There must or be something. issues right now with the planet well, and the entire <sighs> community and, like, the entire... The Republic. Right. Wouldn't it be interesting, though, if they kind of showed that? Yes! Like, I hear you, and it makes sense. And that's kind of what part of the thing that led to World War II was. That would be interesting. But, like, even the government doesn't know that there's an issue. There's an issue. We know that there's an issue. They keep saying there's an issue. And she goes, I didn't know. Well, are you kidding? Are you kidding right now? Because you have people surrounding your planet right now. And it's you're in a dire situation. If you're in a dire situation, there's a problem. And you must have known about it. That's why I don't know why they're... Are they making an example of Naboo? Is Naboo the one that caused the problem? Is there a recession or a depression going on throughout the galaxy? That is an interesting idea, Rachel, to make it almost like we're on the crux of like a Black... uh, Not a Black Friday. A Black... 
Monday I shouldn't laugh type at that, situation. but when you say Black Friday, it is a Black Monday. Uh, man. The real connotation of that is when the Depression happened, sure. which leads into fascism in, in Europe and everything else. So you could have tied that together. I don't think that it doesn't appear that there's anything wrong with the economy of right, the galaxy. But that seems odd as well. If there wasn't something right. wrong with the economy of the galaxy, why is this such Why is there a problem with the trade? Right. There's something Federation. wrong with the trade federation and <sighs> Yeah. It's almost like it's a half assed idea. Yeah. It's almost like that, isn't it? <sighs> you said that with so much disdain. <laughs> Did I sound too much like Qui-Gon for you there? Because every time he speaks, he just sounds like he just doesn't care about anything. That's halfway because I guarantee you that Liam Neeson figured out a long time ago. That he shouldn't have signed that contract. I should not contract. have signed on to this. <laughs> should have signed that contract. Oh, God. I, don't, I remember in my memory, because like I said, I don't really remember like my feelings about the movie. But I remember thinking that Qui-Gon is a better character than he actually is. Yeah, but you always make shows and movies better than they already yeah, were in, in, yes. in the first place, which is something that if I you haven't do noticed too. that. I read a book and half the time it's crappy, and I try to make it better. It. So it's your right. fault. You have to do it. The Green Ranger saga from the Power Rangers is one of the most epic things. Oh my god, it's amazing! Ever and it's probably in my not. head. It's probably not because <laughs> but... you taught me what it was, and now I, if I go back and watch it, it's just not anymore. I mean, it's on the list. <laughs> We'll get to it. So the Jedi's intervene because they're going to take the the queen to camp four, whatever that is. Because I guess they're rounding up the Naboo and putting them in camps. And Ooh, interesting. they take interesting. out the droids. Now, now we're really going to parallel it there. Well, right? I mean, they say take, they say take them to camp four. Oh, that's true. That, there's a line of dialogue. They take out all these droids, and now the security that was around Amidala is armed. So they decide to get a transport. Qui-Gon says the word transport like a thousand times in the first 20 minutes of this movie. It's always like, do you have a transport? Can we get a transport? We need to get a transport. And they decide to get a transport. Just to out get of this the... movie. We just need to get out of here. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to remind all of you that at this point, Liam Neeson has an Oscar. And Natalie Portman also has an Oscar. Uh, so we're talking about good, if you take that as a metric for acting, these people can act. They're just, they're not being given a lot to work with. Right. I would argue that Natalie Portman is not good in this movie. She is not no, good she's not, in this movie. She's not top tier Natalie Portman in this movie. And maybe she just hasn't learned... I mean, she's young. She's a sure. kid. She's what? She's 16 or 17, we were saying, so. Right. You know, it's so, never it's never talked about that she's young. Yeah, sure it is. Is it? Sidious says it at some point. She says, he says, like, she's young. She's a young queen. Yeah, but they don't say, like, she's a child. She's a teenager. She's a child. She's not an adult. Even if you were just a young queen, like, you were, like, in her 20s, sure. She's like a teenager, and she's going to get with little Anakin later, so it's even creepier. Yeah. I, I didn't know when we wanted to go through that part <laughs> of it. Do they age differently on Naboo than they do in Tatooine? No, don't even start with that. <laughs> These are all humanoids. They're all humanoids. So they're all still based off of Earth years. I believe so. They have forever been aged off of Earth years. However, Earth doesn't really if you're exist a humanoid. in this world. 
It's just in a different part of the, it's in a different galaxy. <laughs> We're in a galaxy far, far away. It's this is in a different, wholly different. I don't know how humans got to this galaxy, but well, yeah, because humanoid. it's in the past. So I don't really, I truly do not understand. Maybe humans came to <gasps> Earth from one of these planets from Tatooine or Naboo. Wait, so now we're just Scientology. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Scientologists should believe in Star Wars. Wait, that's literally what it sounds like to me. Though. So folks at home, if you are a Scientologist, do you believe in Star Like, is Star Wars part of it? <laughs> Can you explain the Phantom Menace to us? Because it's like, I assume <gasps> oh it's like God, part of it. Your... Wait, that would be perfect. We need <laughs> to get somebody out here to help us. No, it wouldn't. I No, it wouldn't. It, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't encourage it? Okay, I'm sorry. Here's one thing I will say, though, about the queen. This is where I could tell it was Kira Knightley. Yeah. If you know what Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman look like, this is where I was like, oh, there's Kira. Like, she's the queen right now. Yeah, you can see um, and you can see Natalie Portman behind her. That's why it's like, right. I never knew it was Kira Knightley because, it, for one, it never looked like Kira Knightley to me. It still doesn't. I st- I'm staring at her right now, and it just does not look like Kira Knightley. And there's there she is. She's There's Natalie Portman giving her the eye behind her. But it, I just don't see Kira yeah, Knightley. If, I will say that the two of them do a decent job throughout the movie of giving each other glances. Oh, yeah. To kind of be like, should I say of, something? Sure. You kind of also think that she just, that's like her main head maiden. And she just needs somebody to talk to sometimes. <laughs> I almost want more of that to be foreshadowed. I, want, I to would be love to have more of that. To have Padme side-eye the queen every once in a while to almost give like a signal of what Kira Knightley should say. Because why does Kira, Kira Knightley doesn't know what she's supposed to do. She's taking her orders from Padme. Right. But I do think I have a theory on why she's so monotone. Okay. So if you are the queen and then you have all these decoys and you're trying to throw people off of who the queen is and who it isn't, talking monotone is not allowing us, the audience, to know when it's Kira Knightley and when it's Stanley Portman because they right. both have to talk like in that. In the same... In the same monotone voice. Right lifelessly killing scene after stupefying scene i mean it makes sense it's just very odd like nobody questions their queen is weird but but my alternative to this would be kira knightley and natalie portman are both actors Mm -hmm. they probably they were both around the same age as we found out earlier sure let them like hang out for a little bit and come up with a better dialect yeah and both and let them both learn it together so that they can come up with the dialect to have the queen talk like that right so that so that the queen can have have emotion exactly because in real life if you were to have a decoy you wouldn't just talk like a monotone nothing where you're not going to have like and i know i'm going to a little bit of a valley girl there have her talk like a fucking valley girl or something right have something some sort like you would have some sort of personality it's not like she's a drone they act like she's herself a drone like i just and the drones have personality voices like their voices have inflection hers has nothing it's at this point where i was (laughs) taking notes and, and granted this is the second time in the movie where i saw this where i wrote i'm writing so much about this movie while it runs I don't have to keep track of the plot because nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point in the movie 
Rachel checked out. (laughs) (laughs) I checked out long ago. Well, get ready because we're about to go somewhere else now. So the Jedi, which I didn't realize, which (laughs) I thought we were still on the same planet. (sighs) So the Jedi take some handmaidens and some security, and they and the Queen onto a ship. They still have Jar Jar for some reason, and they fly off. (laughs) And they need to get past this blockade. Because the blockade's preventing ships from leaving. Sure, right. They start getting shot at by the Trade Federation's ships. And the thing shoots and hits the shield generator. So why didn't you turn the shield generator on in the first place? Right. How did it hit the shield generator? Why didn't you have the shield on? Right. If you had the shield on, it wouldn't hit the generator. This is clearly just to get R2-D2 in the movie. So R2-D2... And remember, I know that we're making remember nit- R2-D2? We're making... <laughs> right. And, and that shield generator thing is a nitpick. That, that's a nitpick that you could sure. probably point out in other movies. But R2-D2 goes on the roof with a bunch of other droids. I do like seeing the droids get blasted away. I did laugh. And when like, one of the droids gets just like <laughs> shot off and it's like, wow! Or whatever. Makes that R2-D2 noise. <laughs> because R2-D2 is lovable and makes funny noises. But it's still somewhat intelligent, unlike Jar Jar Binks. And R2-D2 fixes the shield, and they get past the blockade. The reason that this is important is because the ship gets busted up enough so that they aren't going to make it to Coruscant. They need to make repairs to the ship because it can't get all the way there with the shape that it's in after going through the blockade. Mm -hmm. So they decide... There's like a nearby planet of Tatooine and they can get to Tatooine and it makes sense to go here because it's outside of the Trade Federation. So the Trade Federation doesn't go to Tatooine, even though I guess it's part of the Galactic Republic. It's just like on the outskirts. They keep saying it's like one of the outer rim planets. It's District 12 of the planets. And then the other part of it is that it's controlled by the Huts. So it's like a gangster planet. So it's not like something that you would normally want to have. Right. Sidious, we go back to Sidious with Viceroy and company, and he shows off Darth Maul. And he's like, my apprentice, Darth Maul, will find the queen. And again, this is when he mentions that he wants the treaty signed by the queen. But why does he want it signed by the queen? I do not know. And what is on and this then treaty? That, what is this treaty? And what's on the treaty? What does the treaty do? So then we have R2 get special thanks from the queen, which just go odd. listen to the... Like, why? Why? Why do we well, have to give thanks to R2-D2? Why does queen the queen have to do it? Why are we giving R2-D2 a personality and, like, human anything when we give no other droid thanks or treat them humanely i don't understand correct harry plinkett (laughs) has the same questions because i was just gonna say for more information about this scene just go listen to the plinkett review because he points out that it makes no sense why you'd have r2d2 be thanked by the queen and it makes even less sense that you'd have padme go clean it if it was like a dog and it got really dirty, I could see like the, one of the handmaidens be like, oh, go wash this dog. Like, let's treat it nice. Let's well, get it a nice meal. Sure. Because it's alive. 
This is a droid. I could understand it's a robot. wanting to clean the droid because you don't want its components to get screwed up. Why is he dirty anyways? Weren't they in space? Because he was out in space. Yeah. There was like, yeah, but they were like, he was getting shot and shit. Like, remember, like, all the rest of the droids were, like, getting shot off at the top? So he's dirty. All right. Space is dirty in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> Rachel. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I guess they're outside of Tatooine, and if Tatooine is, like, their own little off-the-grid limbo planet that is out in the... Oh, he's um... going to be full of sand. I don't know why they're cleaning him, because he's going to get full of sand in a second. Man. And then she talks to so Jar for... Jar partially. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we get Padme interacting with Jar Jar. I guess she it's just for comedy. At it. She just yeah, because at we don't him. learn anything about Padme here. I don't think here. she knows There's... what he's saying. I think she's just laughing at him because she's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Go but, away. Like, this scene, this scene happens, and we learn nothing about Padme. It just sort of is it there. Kinda, it, you know what it felt like? Here's what it felt like. It's like, okay, I need you to go clean the droid tell him i need to clean the droid because the droid's carrying information that we need for this treaty business no <laughs> none of that oh yeah that would kind of it make would sense make if sense it was, if it was like which this which droid. and that's kind of like the first one where she where princess leia <sighs> she puts takes the him thing to the side the... and puts a thing inside of r2d2 yeah. so if she was like using r2d2 to run reconnaissance or but r2d2 just happens just happens to be a droid that was on this ship yeah right yeah i mean i think so because there were other ones that were different colors they all had like their own little duty to do right that's it so like why is r2d2 so you step into big doo-doo this time (laughs) no 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 not doo-doo duty oh god Again, that's a, that's not a bad idea, Rachel. If if R two was some sort of spy or something right. for her, where she could use R two to like get a hold of the, they could bypass that communications issue that exactly. they're having. Yeah, yeah, could have been interesting. Yeah, but that's not in the movie. It's not. So she just cleans. So them and talks to Jar Jar for two seconds, and then we move on. Continued in part two.